All right, here we are again, gang. It's Rad's Basement, episode 10. Finally into the double digits here, man. We're moving along. And uh, last episode, we talked about Doctor Who and, uh, you know, realized there's 50 years of history there. Couldn't possibly fit it into one episode. I try to keep these things around two hours. So once we hit that mark, I'm like, well, we're through the looking glass, man. Let's just do another episode. So here we are with episode 10 with part two of our Doctor Who discussion. And uh, since the last time we talked, a lot of stuff's happened in uh, Doctor Who news that uh, we didn't actually get a chance to address in uh, the podcast just because it hadn't happened yet. So since this was recorded, uh, they've announced that uh, Peter Capaldi's uh, on the way out. Now, we had talked uh, briefly about him uh, being on the outs because uh, the BBC wants to have uh, a younger guy in there, a more marketable guy in there, a guy that looks good on lunchboxes and backpacks and stuff. Now... You know, I like Peter Capaldi. I think he's a great doctor, and we talk about that in this episode, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But it's a shame if that rumor is true that, you know, he didn't want to leave. The BBC wanted him out. You know, there's no confirmation on that. But we definitely know he's on he's on the way out. This is going to be his last season, and we're really going to miss him because, uh, you know, we think he's awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, they said uh, he's on the way. He didn't, uh, the, the, the way he made it sound uh, kind of sounded like I've been told. It's my last episode, or my last season, I should say. So, didn't sound really like it was his decision. Maybe that rumor about the BBC wanting him out was true. But, uh, you know, either way, it's a shame that uh, he's uh, he's on the way out. So, uh, I'm right now looking at the, uh, the betting website uh, for who the next Doctor is going to be. And uh, it looks like uh, Tilda Swinton is at the top. Um, if you're not sure who that is, I'll uh, just give you one little hint. It's a girl. So, uh interesting that uh, this time they're kind of betting on uh, and there's a lot of other uh women in the running uh the top uh you know 10 or so there's uh, most of them are women so i think people are really thinking that uh the next doctor is going to be a woman so hey man that's that that'd be something that'd be different you know uh we'll see what happens there but uh, yeah tilda swinton i just saw her in uh, doctor strange so uh i know who she is very well now and uh you know it would be interesting to see uh, what happens there but uh, another interesting name i saw on the list is richard ayoade uh for those of you who uh, watch some british television shows like i do uh have if you've ever seen the show uh the it crowd uh he plays moss on the it crowd he's one of the people that's up for uh, you know he's in the betting list here he's uh, like uh, like 10th in line or something so he's closer to the bottom but he's there so that'd be interesting i you seeing moss as doctor who you know i don't i don't know what's going on there but uh, yeah uh also uh gwendolyn christie who played uh, Captain Phasma in uh, Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens. So uh, you never got to see her face in the movie, but uh, you know that's another uh, person that's in the running for uh, Doctor Who. So a lot of women, people are kind of thinking, you know, that's going to be, you know, we're like we're going new executive producer, new doctor, maybe a female doctor. It's a lot of shakeups happening on the show pretty soon. But, uh, you know, this is all stuff that happened like, you know, a day or two after we finished recording the podcast. You know, all this stuff came out. And we were like, dang, we didn't get a chance to talk about any of it on the air. But, uh, yeah, first uh, we hear uh, Peter Capaldi's on the way out. And, you know, now we hear that, uh, you know, the betting pools are showing a, a female doctor maybe uh, coming in the running. So who knows what's going to happen, man. But uh, enjoy part two of our Doctor Who discussion with me, Mike Vallis, and Coop. Take it away, nerds. Uh, so let's talk about the difference between um, Russell Davies and Stephen Moffat. Oh, this is a so, very easy one for me. So uh, at, when, uh, when David Tennant leaves, which we've already kind of talked about, was awkward because yes. there was a year 
where the show wasn't on. Uh, four specials. Yep. And that ended David Tennant. And, and we, I think at the time we thought that David Tennant's not sure if he's staying or not, so they're giving him a year to decide. I We we, we didn't know really that was what was the, happening. That was when we talked about this touch on earlier. This is where I wanted to jump in at this point. I think that would have went over so much better if it wasn't so drawn out. We knew it was ending for so long that it took away from the ending. It's like, right. agreed. we know we're getting four more episodes. We know they're going to be spread apart and in between each episode. There was episode something was that just this people long... kept saying to the doctor. Yeah. Um, the four knocks. He will knock four times. And I'm, I just want to say something. I, On a personal note, I was on the uh, Gallifrey forums, or I was on um, Gallifrey base forums, where Russell T. Davis and all of them were reading... I said up there, when people were speculating what the four knocks were, I said, I wrote up there, wouldn't it be funny if it just ended up being something like simple, like Wilf knocking on a door four times. <laughs> and I did that as a joke. I said, just because everybody was doing that. And it ended up being that way. Now, whether Russell T. Davies saw my post Correct. or not, I don't know. <laughs> knows, but, but I do want to say that. <laughs> yeah, but be, but beyond all of the things you're responsible for before that we mentioned, you're also responsible for, for uh, the end of David Tennant. Thank you very much, Valis. <laughs> I, think, I think if you take those four separate episodes and air, wait a year and air them one month at a time even, yeah. or even four weeks in a row it would have way bigger of an impact it would have been more emotional it would have been more of a feeling of loss we had such a long well, they kind time of did that with um matt smith because he had the 50th anniversary in november and then december you had his final exactly yeah. and it had more yeah. of an impact yeah. i think you gave us too much time with tenant yeah. how many people said that leaving. that that line to him before it actually oh, the happened four knocks. You know? and how many but times did we're they sitting play there on yeah but i mean by the end you're sitting there watching yes he will knock four times we, yeah we got it <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you had the master banging the drum four times. Yeah. Like that. Which one is the knocking? Yeah, is this the knocking? No, this is it. You're like you're sitting there anticipating. Yeah, it became like definitely the emotional impact got lost a little bit. But And I actually I wanted those that was one thing I hated about Russell T. Davies because eventually like same thing with Bad Wolf and stuff like that. Everybody kept looking for what does this mean? What does this mean? And I hate when they do that because it's like, no, I just want to sit back and watch the show. Yeah. Well, it takes Let away from him enjoying his last moments in that yes. role because you're you're trying to look for clues. Yeah. Yes. It's like I just want to enjoy the actor playing the role for four more last times. Sure, give me an idea of what's coming at the end a little bit, but like you said, way too many times, and it dragged out. And we had like we had one air around Easter. Then I think the other one aired, we had like four months or three months, whatever it was. And all you could hear about in either the magazines online was when, you know, what's going to happen. When's gonna, there was just, it, it just got so drawn out and so beaten to death that by the time he went, I never wanted to see him go. But by the time he went, it was almost a sense of relief. It's like, I, like, oh, a mercy now, yeah, finally, now yeah. we can get on with Doctor Who. We it's, can get on with the story. We can get on with our lives and we can go. Let's move forward and finally get to some new adventures and stop wallowing in this. You know, we know he's leaving. Right. It's uh, it's sadly yep. in a in a sad comparison, like a terminal illness. It's like, you know, he's going to die. You know, it's going to happen. You're preparing yourself. You're preparing yourself. And it's almost and like, where it's it like don't help. let me suffer anymore. Just let it end. And in, it didn't help that at the the way how they handled his death at the end was a drag out, you know, because he had to going back to Mickey and helping Mickey and Martha and then going and helping Jack Harkness as he's boozing himself up in some bar yeah. and hooks him up with some guy. And then he goes and helps this person. It's like, just Die at this point already. But that's but no, that, see, that, I, I like that. I didn't mind it. I, I like that they went back to stuff. But people. at this point, he should have been dead and just like 
how long is this dying supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You, this takes a lot of time that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's a little too much like t- regeneration time. Like the doctor always seems to die, but then be allowed like many many yes. hours of time before That's he actually what, that has was to my regenerate for it. like all the exposition and all of the the wrap up and all mm-hmm. the epilogue and all the thing. You know, like oh well, I'm dying, but. Let me take a moment to talk yes. to you about a few things. That, that was my uh, problem. I, you know, he's like, oh, I'm dying. But I will say, just these last few minutes here, I have, you know, and then he'll go on, you know, how long you like, I, they just apparently get a long time before the, well, the thing that really bothered me was Matt Smith, where he was like, he was old. Mm. And then like, he exploded. And I'm like, okay, so now when we see him next, he's going to be Peter Capaldi. No, he's back on the TARDIS, and he's young again, and he has time to give a speech. I thought that was lame. Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted... So, we'll see, technically, he was in disguise, according to him. He, that he was already Capaldi. That's why he went in the Capaldi. Mm, did he that, say that? I believe so. No, oh, okay. I need to go watch, but I believe he was wearing the disguise thing. I so. never got that sense, but if that's the case, I'll accept it. But I'm, you know, either I, that I or I'm just completely either I, that or my mind mentally. But did you justifying it? For did, yourself. did did that's, did that's we talk like about that? Story. I don't know if we I talked about that or not that. when that happened. Like, oh, he exploded now, but oh no, he he's back to being young, and it's like I don't think we really had any. It just of... seemed like it was just a, a well. The I'm, writers wanted him to have a his last scene. Well, I'm going to tell you uh, one thing that I am sick of is. The standing, exploding regeneration. Yeah. That was one thing I got really pissed that Russell T. Davies kept doing when they did it with the Master, did it with Matt Spill, then about Matt Smith, and they kept doing that. I like, I, I'm maybe, again, classical I've seen funny. The, I've seen the YouTube video of all the classic regenerations. And he like, seems to always be scene. laying down. Yeah, it's a death scene. He's dying. Yeah. Let's, I want a scene of drama where the doctor's laying there, sad music, and... Takes his last breath, you know? But again, like you said, superhero, he explodes. Yeah, no, he's got to do the standing bar. And light, yeah. I'll give, uh, just to be the devil advocate on this (laughs) one, with with, because I I pretty much... you put me in a corner, I'll defend David Tennant on just about anything, even if it's wrong. I'll be like, no, I'll find a way to make it right. (laughs) Right, but for some reason, I'll defend him for no reason if I have to. I'll give the regeneration just this much leeway in that I, it was a slow death. Like what had happened to him wasn't going to kill him on the spot. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they didn't like; they just wanted you to assume that they True, made it that, was they a radiation made that, thing. Wasn't right? It? They made it clear that it was what just happened to him is about to kill him. Yeah. Like, but because of his meta- like his who he is, his makeup of well, his plus body, I think he was holding it back because right. he wanted to stay David Tennant as long as he right. possibly it could. Wasn't because that, again, going back to the vanity we talked about, it earlier. wasn't that lethal kill like even when david tennant got killed by the dalek and he regenerated into himself with the hand and all that it wasn't that lethal shot or mm-hmm. th- like a lot of doctors dealt with why you know when they regenerated they were even matt smith with the the astronaut you know, he gets shot and like right away he's, mm-hmm. you know right there was no time this time and i and i guarantee they did this completely on purpose so they could give him that swan song as he went out that it was going to be a slow death not for the rest of us, not like a year slow death, like anybody else would have been dead because he's a time lord. He can hold it back a little bit, but not mm-hmm. very long. Just like you said, long enough for him to go revisit everybody and then just kind of like say goodbye. And, and yeah, Which it's that a part little I cheesy, but that is the end of, of Oh, actually, I didn't mind Davies it at all. And Tenet. They have done little bits of like that too, like where the doctor, remember with, oh, with Tom Baker, well, they had uh, flashbacks of the companions saying, you know, doctor, doctor, yeah. or if his doctor had all his old companions were like, you know, talking to him as he's dying. I actually didn't mind. I love the idea of nostalgia. I just, I guess for me, 
it didn't feel right. It's it's not so much him having time to go back and say one thing, because it's almost like he went back and had time to do a mini adventure to save them <laughs> right. one last time. Right. That was my problem. Yeah. It's just. I just mo- want. I would just want to see where he would just. At. That's all. It's and just the moments that he materialized at. That's how I. Oh yeah. It. I guess. I guess I would have been happier if it was just him at the bar with Jay, with Jack talking to him. Couple of lines say. By the way, you might want to talk to that guy over there, and then walks away. Mm-hmm. But it's actually thing. it's actually quicker for him to just give him the, the piece of paper and stand at a distance, like here, mm-hmm. do your thing. I ain't got a lot of time. I don't have the time to talk to you, but I. I but will it seems like everybody favor. that he ran into understood that it was the last time. Oh, Sarah Jane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I I ain't afraid to admit it. You know, I I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I still to this day, if I watch the end of that episode. There's two times, no, three times that I'll cry. I'll cry when he says I don't want to leave. Yeah. I'll cry when Wilford starts crying, like yes. saying, like from a distance, yeah. saying goodbye. I loved Wilf. And, and yeah. surprisingly enough, I cry when he goes to the bookstore, right, to see yeah. uh, the descendant of the woman that he loved when he mm-hmm. was human. Yeah. And, Verity Newman, which, yeah. by the way, do you know the reference? No, go ahead. Uh, Verity Newman. Uh, it's Sydney Newman and uh, Verity Lambert. The combination of their names. Verity Lambert is the, um, I believe, the start of the show. Those in the Adventure in Time and Space. She's yep. the one who created the show. Yep. Sydney Newman was the, I believe, the executive producer. Whoever I, I know all he's this. He's the Canadian who brought who brought uh, who was like the who made the production. I know all happen. this because I was listening earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, everybody else still is too. Yes. But yeah, when he said when when he just says to her, "Was she happy?" Mm-hmm. Boom! I'm I'm done right there. It just it just hits you, yeah. and it's like and it, the funniest part about that is that's not somebody you expect him to go back and visit. Right? Yeah. Yet, she but, was the most surprising. Of yeah. All but the yet people. he does, and it makes sense. Yeah. It, like it just humanizes his emotions even more just yeah. for that because but, it takes so little time he has left. He takes back to go stop. Was she happy? Yeah. Like, but mm-hmm. his but his reaction that's that's all David Tennant. David Tennant yeah. is what makes that scene because yes. his reaction in that scene is just golden and that's yep, you know perfect. one of the reasons i like him so much <laughs> but uh he's gone and uh then we get matt smith and also a new executive producer in the form of stephen moffat who coop and i have uh some problems with well it's funny but I had you have sort of a a little bit of, not a hundred percent of a flip side on that but you definitely have a different take on it than uh, than we did and i would love to here's get my into all i that. actually have a problem with both russell t davies and Moff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I am trying not to sound like a complete fuddy-duddy in here. I think the only person that Mike thinks can run this show is Mike. Do you damn know it? <laughs> <laughs> damn right. Second producer right here. I have got ideas. Oh, you'd have no... Actually, the funny thing is I have, like, all kinds of crazy stuff I wanted to write down, but... but he might be all right with the big Finnish people running the show, maybe. Actually, that is exactly one of the things I wanted to say. Yeah. My opinion, I want big Finnish to run. I want those writers in there. And, it, I, and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Here's my problem with Russell T. Davies. Yeah. As I said to you before, Russell T. Davies, in my opinion, just like Queer as Folk, he is perfect at making amazing characters. Yeah. Characters who can talk to each other and is great. But when it comes to writing a story, mm. he sucks. Yeah. The best <laughs> the best display of this, in my opinion, is the story Love and Monsters. Yeah. When you get that those characters together. They and they're interacting in the, in the in you know the group together. That was gold. Yeah. How they're talking to each other. You know the boy and the girl meeting there. Once you bring the absorbaloff in and try to put the story, you're just like, oh <laughs> god damn it. Yeah. 
And, and, and yes, I'm aware that the Absorbaloft was a creature created from the Blue Peter episode for any of the hardcore fans go, who are yelling right now. <laughs> that didn't matter because all he did was draw a picture. Davies gave him the story. Yeah. He, that was his creation. Yeah. But, so, uh, but now let's go to Moth. Yeah. Moth, he's okay at stories. He did put stories more at the center. But I think he's bad at doing characters. Yeah. And that's where I think that's that's where the flip side there. Big finish, in my opinion, they hit both. Yeah. They got an excellent story that they could create, and they put um the characters, and they also have great character drama and interaction that brings out their emotions in there too. Yeah. The new series almost feels like when they write the ser- the show, they say, "What is the feeling we want to give in this story?" In this story. We have, they have an overall feeling for each story. And I don't like that. I want there to be a story and have the feelings enhance that story. Right, right, right. That makes, so, that mm. makes sense. Yeah, we've always said that, uh, you know, the, the, here. When, whenever Russell Davies was around, mm-hmm. we've talked about it many times, me and Coop, about how we always knew, and I, I mm. talked with you about this too, Mike, about the, uh, we always knew the the companion. We always knew everything about the companion. We knew where they worked. We knew where they lived. Yep. We knew their families. We knew the parents. We knew every single little detail about the companion. They were a fleshed we, out character. We a hundred percent fleshed out character. They had their own ideas and their own opinions, and uh, we knew everything about them. and And they always went with the doctor. I'm mm-hmm. leaving life goodbye for a while or forever, maybe even. Mm-hmm. I'm going on the TARDIS. Yeah. And, and I then, wish they would have remained that. I always hated the constant coming back to Earth. When Moffat came them. around, then it was, well, we'll hang out with the Doctor on Tuesday and Thursday, and then we'll go home and live our lives. I hated that with the... Yeah, with our... and, and, but we won't show you those lives. Yeah. You know, we're, we're only going with the Doctor a couple days a week because we got a lot of stuff going on, but we're not going to show you any of that stuff. We're, you'll only see the TARDIS stuff. And then he comes but, and picks him up. But there was that one episode with the black cubes. Yeah. So where, where you, you finally got, got to see a little their bit of their, life. their home life. But yeah. that's one episode. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a one-off. That's It doesn't... Uh, well, then it know. would have really become the Amy and Rory show. Yeah, but what I... What, and what I kind I'm of saying. agree with you on something like that, too. And my problem also is not just Amy and Rory, but River Song for exactly what you said, too. When, when River Song ever shows up, I have hate River Song on so many levels. <laughs> um, first off, I just... I, 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 I detest the idea. I maybe... Like, they did it once with Rose... Let's end it. The whole idea of the doctor falling in love. Oh, yeah. In my opinion, you can't do that because it's not sustainable for a show that's supposed to last I forever. Just never, I never felt that, though. I know that's what they were trying to get across, but I never felt that that love for, for River Song and Matt Smith yes. was like a genuine Absolutely. in-love love. It was more of a caring, your Amy and Rory's daughter type of love. Right, it was, no. Yeah, like like loving a family member, but not. And let's talk about that for an a second. Your Matt Smith made the comments of, "Yeah, but we did the <laughs> together." Well, I, you know, eventually, maybe <laughs> some, you know. But let's talk about that for a second. Either. Let's talk about River Song for a second. Why we hate her? Um, the whole idea that Amy and Rory banged inside the TARDIS while they were in the time stream and created a Time Lord oh, child. Don't, don't even. <laughs> but it happened. I know. So we have to talk about it. Yes, I know. I can't tell. It's I incredibly saying, lame. I agree. And I, I, I feel really bad because I was like talking with somebody and she it was saying like, you know, that's when she was saying River Song. But yeah, but River Song's a Time Lord. I was like. <laughs> now, when they, first, like, no. when they first unveiled her as the child, 
Mm-hmm. And the kid comes out and she's in the alley, remember? And mm-hmm. she's like sick and then like she regenerates. And we're like, holy crap. Yeah. Yep. How did that happen? I, I actually that, said, was, that was amazing. I, I was like, it. wow. I, I knew right there. I said, that's River Song. Yeah. I said, I, I, I said, that's River Song. Uh, of course, the other thing I said that there was probably a million fangirls screaming right now <laughs> thinking that Fat Smith and Amy got together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I said that's River Song. I bet you any and money. That, but that, but then we come to find out how. It's okay, you know, if you're like it's River Song. Oh, that, that's River. But how? But when they finally give you the explanation, it's like oh, because they banged in the TARDIS. What? Like, really? I think the, char- the character itself introduced in the Davies era had extremely great potential. I loved her in yeah. Silence of the Library. Yeah. The fact that once she they made knew, her, the what? fact that she knew him and yeah. he didn't know her. Yeah. It was just, like the whole reverse, like she's dying when she first meets him. The whole backward timeline between the two of them. I thought that, oh my, this is a great idea. Yeah. And when I heard she was going to come back before we even seen her on screen, I'm like, that's cool because it would only make sense that we get to see how she knew him eventually. But one so of my biggest I'm thinking, problems. I'm thinking that, I mean, to interrupt you, I'm sorry. I, but I, when I saw you that bastard. episode, I, yeah, I, I do it all the time. That's okay. I'm a terrible podcaster. You're the host. You're supposed to interrupt I, me. No, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm a terrible host. And everybody listening knows I'm a terrible host. It's okay, though. But but I keep going because it's fun. Um, but uh, when we first saw River Song and she's talking about this guy, mm-hmm. my the, he's not ready yet. He's still in the oven. The guy I know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a guy five doctors from now. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I'm thinking yeah. of a guy so far down the road. Oh, no, it's Matt Smith. He's here next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought that was like, I, I didn't. And plus, the other side of that is their age difference. Now, he's the doctor, and it doesn't matter what he looks like, his age. Blah, blah, blah. He's uh, 100, 100, 200, 300, 900 years older it than It just her. never fit. But they don't fit. Yeah, it no, never, they didn't. It never, and I'll actually put that in there. I actually think that was a mistake on just not Moth, but also the BBC. Because if you remember Silence in the Library, she said when she was looking at David Tennant, going, my God, you're so young. Yeah. Now, of course, you can now interpret it as like, oh, she means just relatively being regeneration or something like that. But I, he, Moth said that one day when Tennant was leaving, or uh, he wanted to do um, an older actor for the doctor but the bbc said we wanted matt keep him young because everybody likes david Tennant. yeah and and he was pissed moff was pissed at at that at that he said okay well show me matt smith let me see and he said he fell in love with him so yeah he is good i i and any problems i have with the post davies era had nothing to do with either of the doctors yeah i would agree with that too yep uh, but I, I was going to say that I think his intention was to make an older actor for the Doctor for River Song to follow that up. So and I think River Song with Capaldi would have been perfect. Follow, yes, which well, they th- did that's eventually. where I'm going. Following that logic, I think Moffat jumped the gun with the with her storyline. I think yes. he should have waited until BBC was more willing to let him use an older Doctor if he was going to stick around. Because when I see her and Capaldi together makes more sense. The guy, the guy I envisioned in my brain when I saw her back in the David Tennant era, and she talks about that future doctor that we're going to mm-hmm. see. Capaldi's the guy. Well, when they spent, when they get without together, even having seen him in my brain yet, when you see him as the doctor, that's the guy she's the talking about. The episode that they share together, and when they when they go to that planet, basically to see each other for the last time, there's where you can feel a connection, like. Okay, now I can sense like why you know like he loves her in some way, mm-hmm. more in a romantic yeah. sense of love, and just the way he goes about that whole, you know, this is the place where we're gonna have our last time yeah. together, but it's not here. 
So, hey, why don't you, he tells that guy, hey, why don't you build this place? <laughs> right. And then he forwards time a little bit, opens the door. Oh, it's built. Can I get a reservation? Oh, we're backed up for the next three years. Won't be a problem. Forwards time again. Just the way he went about the whole, mm-hmm. he has the place built. He makes the reservation. He does it all in the span of like two minutes, gets it done, and then, well, here and we what's, are. What's the, the, the amount of time they spend together there? 24 20 years? 20-something years, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's that's a sign of love. That's, that's a romantic the, yeah, that's gesture. That's the time that was their precious now, time. I'm also going to go on to another subject, and that is beautiful. I actually agree that that was a beautiful amount of time, perfect setup. I hate her as a gunslinging, yeah. slaying Mar- Mary Sue character. That was lame. <laughs> that was the biggest thing I really hate. I, I loved her in Silence totally in the Library, where she I loved was, her. She was the, more reserved. I loved loved her at the beginning, and I loved her at the end. At the very all end the of the episode, the, yeah, all the crap even during in the, the episode, I yeah, hated her. Right, right. If if she is a fun character, yeah. But a first off, she's way too over the top. Like I mean, I really am stunned at the idea that the doctor would fall in love with somebody who would be willing to shoot and manipulate marriages and loves and stuff like that. Right. That blows me away. But second of all, there was also on um, the problem I have with her in that respect is the same thing that you had with uh, Amy and Rory. Whenever she shows up, the show becomes the uh, the, the river song, the river river song, song hour featuring the doctor. Yes, the river. It becomes the river song hour. Yeah, right. You never saw. And it's character-wise, you ne- even though Leela, one of the Fort Doctor's companion, the one who is dressed in skins, yes, okay, guys can like that, you never saw her hip-swaggering into a room going, hi, judge a man by the we hi, the size of their Janus thorns, or anything stupid <laughs> like that. <laughs> that it was, they didn't have, that, I just wish they would have calmed her down. Yeah, the version in Silence of the Library was perfect. Yes. It's like, oh, neat character, neat story neat idea very i loved it loved everything about it um it would be neat if we got to see the other side of that someday in the future mm-hmm. and then when it happened i was like but like oh, you said I, I, there was very little chemistry built i take it back Smith. i take right. it back i don't want to try to but it failed but the reason being in my opinion is because he doesn't know how to do characters as well yeah it's mm-hmm. it's more big story it's more i can believe arc, that and it's like i don't know how to develop these intricacies of a person on the screen whereas davies hand would have handled the same type of story like with a character of river song and you would have gotten to know her intimately yes and i that, completely agree so i think for you based on what you're saying i, I would imagine a mesh of some in between of moffat davies somewhere in the middle ground would have been perfect absolutely somebody who's great with characters but also stories meets in the middle ground i i think based on our past conversations ray that you and i the type of shows beyond Doctor Who that we like so much are very, very character-driven, like a D- DS9. Or, or kind of like how we talked about Supernatural in many ways. Yes, yes. And and to me, that's why I don't have such a – I wouldn't say you have a problem with it, but I'm saying like I'm very, very accepting of the Russell T. Davies era because I like characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, To me, that's what it's all about. Oh, he, he did a great I, – I accept it, the and Russell some, T. Yeah, Davies. you're right. Some of the stories were weak because – he just was so focused on characters. I think. Yeah, well, but, we, but, wait, we got to throw aliens in here somewhere, and that's what we that's can't. What we and, can't. We keep getting extremes, and that's the other thing. Too many extremes. Like you know, for example, like I talked about the lodger. They had that up. They had that scene where it's like, oh my god, you know, well the ship's about to self destruct. It's gonna blow up the universe. We did, 
does it really need to blow up the universe? Is it really? Is it bad if it blows up just that city block? That's not big enough mm-hmm. right. to save that amount of people. Do you right. really have to do that? Yeah, I there's know. too many things. Like we go, he goes off into the year five hundred billion whatever. I'm like, don't go to the end. And, and you get there, and the humans are there with freaking petrol guns and machine guns. Come yeah. on, yeah. Well, if you're gonna go those lengths, oh, I'm so do glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's something I wanted to bring up. Uh, you like you said. You go that far in the future, and they're still just using like pistols and like uh, the uh, one of the things I thought Moff dropped the ball was the time war. Mm-hmm. We finally get to see the time war now. When Russell Davies built up the time war, I got the idea that the time war was a war that was beyond our comprehension. It was taking place on a plane of existence that we couldn't even comprehend. And then we finally see it on screen with Moffat, and it's just like dudes with guns. Yeah. Like, well, they're, they're laser guns. <laughs> exactly. But, I I'm, I'm, but, was... but people are getting shot. Like, like, like warriors of Gallifrey are getting shot, and they're just and like, oh, shouldn't there be like dudes regenerating all over this battlefield and like getting back up and fighting more? But it's just like a regular war fought with laser guns, and a dude gets shot, and he falls down, and he's like, dead. You want to see like this is a time war. Time I want to see like armies of dudes like getting mowed down, and then just regenerating and all getting back up. And I wanted to see like this epic thing, and and go even beyond guns and God, things. I need to lend you a bit. What are the stories of Big Finish? Yeah, what go, they did with the time war. Go beyond guns. They did basically what you did. Yeah, go beyond beyond guns said. and go beyond you know if you're gonna show like just a regular war with guns and at least show dudes regenerating and getting back like the Daleks can't stop the the time lords because they just keep regenerating and there's so many of them and they, they keep getting back 12 up times or they get back up again. yeah or go <laughs> beyond that or go beyond that and the the, the war just takes place in a, on a plane of existence that we can't even comprehend scales, it's not fought with yeah, guns the scale should be so big because these are the most powerful races in all of the universe you should see like and it's civilizations just pew, 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 that are pew, pew, weaker. Pew, 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 pew. We saw this in Star Wars already. This is mm-hmm. beyond that. You should see civilizations that are weaker than them just getting like a like just see a planet just get like dissolved. Yeah. Like and yep. like a whole race just see the sky turn red and then the next thing you know you're basically seeing that planet's destruction because these two powerful Time races are fighting so big finish. God damn it! They're fighting, <laughs> all these things you're saying are in there so strongly that like little in, things are just getting wiped aside because they're irrelevant in this war. In yes. last in last of the time lords, they the 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 council of Gallifrey makes the war sound like it's that kind of war. A billion warriors are dying a thousand times over every second. Yeah. You know, that's like the scale of this war, you know, and even the doctor himself, uh, I think McGann and McGann and both him and the war doctor both describe it as just like, you won't, you can't even believe what yeah. I, what I've seen. It's, you know, it, it's Maybe, beyond I, I, I could guess is budget, so many but worlds. It was the 50th anniversary. They should have plenty of money to do. So many yeah, worlds. Money, but sadly, here's worlds the thing. It's being destroyed. Like at the, at the blink of an eye and civilization's gone. And then you finally see where the, the front line of the war is just a bunch of dudes going pew, 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 pew. <laughs> well, and sadly, like, here's, here's unfortunately the thing about the 50th anniversary story. The 50th anniversary story was now everybody thought if they, they saw the the images of the time war and stuff like that oh my god they thought it was going to be a story about the time war mm. and really when you get to the story it's actually the story is about the humans and the zygons yeah 
And the, the war doctor just happens to jump through this portal. And then at the very end, he learns a lesson, brings that back to the moment of the time war where he's going to, at the very end of the time war, when he was going to hit the button. Right. I don't have so, I don't have as much of an issue with... So it really technically wasn't about the time war. And that's, that's that, I think, was their fault. Too. Yeah. Going yeah. off of that, I don't have as much of an issue with, you know, the, the ground war that, you, that you're talking about. I agree with you. But you have to find the war doctor somewhere in the war. And when, keep in mind, this him. is the end of the war on Gallifrey. Right, and there's yeah, going to be the final battle. Yeah, and there's right. going to be there's going to be a ground war somewhere. So okay, you got to find him somewhere. There's going to be a ground war somewhere. It's affordable to do it that way. Okay, I can accept that. I just wish, playing on what you said, I just wish that we could have seen a little bit more of the epic scale of what else was going on. But yeah. as you mentioned, the the story really isn't about the war. It touches on the war. But in a way, whether it be Big Finish or it's if we ever a, get it on the screen, invasion. you can revisit the war. Well, you can't now because John Hurt's gone. But unfortunately, you could have come back to that on the screen in some way mm-hmm. at some point. There's always been talk of a Doctor Who movie, mm. like big screen movie. Uh, everybody, they can still do it now like what they did with... Um... No, uh, I know where you're going. In yeah, CG and I, CGI and John Hurt. No. It'll be kind of difficult, especially because he has a more defined face too, and that voice capturing that. Well, yeah. plus you would need two hours of that guy, not yes, not ten too. minutes. But so the only actors that are left that can go back on screen are the ones that they always said. Well, everybody's always said. I've never even really heard it said about Matt Smith. Everybody's always said if there's going to be a Doctor Who big screen movie, it's going to be David Tennant to play it. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you could revisit the war in that sense unless it's mm-hmm. like a flashback from his eyes. Yeah. So you don't hear John Hurt, you don't see John Hurt, but like he's like his he's, memories. He's memory. He's going back in his memory, and you're seeing it through his eyes. It, but you can't go a whole movie with that. You would just have to show some of that epicness that we didn't get in the 50th anniversary. Yeah, that's that's the only way I think you could cover or, it, other than the audio version. Well, actually, there's there's another way too. You know, he, they always mention the fact that parts of the time war were time locked or something like that. What if he ends up accidentally breaking through a moment where he wasn't there as the war doctor at another part of the war during the invasion? Well, you've got all 13 of them that help put it. You know. At the end, they're like, remember? But that's the, at the end. I'm just saying, what if there was a Meaning this, they can point? jump in at some other point, though. Yeah, at some other point. Like, not even at, necessarily yeah. at Gallifrey. Just, like, a, like a certain battle at a certain area where the Time Lords went and visited, the Daleks went, but the War Doctor wasn't oh, yeah. involved there. For what sure. if he got in there? And yeah. there's where you'll get your budget to do a movie. When you're doing a movie, you get a budget higher enough to, to show something mm-hmm. on the proper format, on, a, on the big screen, to play that all out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the plan. I don't think it's ever been the plan. Yeah. I no. think that's about the as only way fact, you get it said, done remotely right. As a matter of fact, that's actually the thing both Moff and Russell T. Davies said, is they really never wanted to do anything with the Time War. I think they just did that because it was the 50th anniversary they yeah. touched on. It. And that's they really why they only barely it. used it. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, but going back to Big Fish, that's one of the things they often say. They, they, they joke that they love about the audios, dude, designing the audios. They, we have the best special effects budget you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. So we could do anything. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Leave it to the mind. The mind's yep. the best place to let it work. Yeah, really. Um, so we, uh, we, it was uh, basically the Russell Davies versus Stephen Moffat. I think we've pretty much uh, covered that. Do you have um, favorite episodes that you would like to mention? Oh, plenty um, of the, for the new series. Let's see. Uh, for favorite episodes. Oh, actually, it's kind of hard to say. Well, I would say it's kind of hard for me to say favorite episodes. I would say favorite moments. One of my favorite episodes, actually, and it's kind of sad because it actually did touch on one of the things I wanted to see, 
was if for Russell T. Davies, again, going with characters, Father's Day. Mm. I bawled like a little girl at the end of that one. <laughs> I'll admit. Yeah. That was a touchy one. Although it was sad because I wanted to see more of why his role was so important in, like, like I wanted to see, like, the that whole tapestry thing yeah. go down, which is also one of my favorite Matt Smith's episodes, um, the Christmas Carol one. Yeah. Because that used time travel so beautifully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I really... And although it happens to contradict everything that happened in uh, Father's Day, when he, when Charles Dick, or when, when he hugged himself, no giant freaking raptor creatures came out of the sky to tear him apart. Now, is this where um, he's um, he goes back? The one with the flying shark. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I'm saying, the, 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 that's when he's, uh, he goes back in time. The guy's watching the film strip. Yes. Of his childhood, mm-hmm. and then he's like, um, "I'll see you in a minute." And then mm-hmm. he's in the fi- he he's in the film strip. Yep, that was amazing. I love that. I, I I really love that moment because he's like, uh, he's like, "Wait, that never happened," but it did. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just realizes it. There were a lot of little Matt Smith moments. I like uh, one of my favorite moments. Uh, time is changing, so your memory's going to change. A uh, bit a uh, bit awkward, but uh, you'll uh, you'll get the hang of it. And then yep. he goes on and. Uh, you know, does this thing. There was another beautiful scene that I loved in there too. Was in, uh, not in that episode, but it was in these. This I actually really liked the Star Whale episode. Okay, that's uh, the second. The Matt second Smith Matt episode. Smith episode. Yeah. I really liked that one. Yeah, that one had that, that one had like an interesting story because I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the ship and stuff like that. Yeah, and it had a good mystery behind it. Yeah, and but they also had one and of it my was and it had one of my and heart very heartbreaking. You got the feels in there too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, one of my uh, favorite moments in there too is also it's kind of near the beginning where she was showing he was showing Amy Pond like okay yeah you know we're time lords we're not allowed to interfere and stuff like that and shows the uh, screen she's like wow you know she's all sad and you can't do anything about it what that's how do you live with yourself and then suddenly Matt's on screen talking to her <laughs> I just lost it he's like what she's like come on come it's like yeah. After this whole spiel, we can't interfere. Boom! He's right there. I'm right yeah. in. <laughs> his his non-interference clause is always. Very, it's supposed to be the Time Lord's it's clause. Very, by the way, very yeah. vague. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's always it's like very Janeway vague. in the Prime Directive. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even start. Don't even. <laughs> I'm start allowed a Janeway if you're allowed a Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah. The, hey, the, by the way, I am actually a fan of uh, Voy- not a fan. I can't wait. I can't wait I until actually, the Star Trek episode. No, oh, Vo- I'm actually see. Vo- I've been put in this position. I actually kind of like Voyager. I, I am a defender of a show that I don't necessarily, I don't dislike by any means, but I'm not like. I don't. It's not my it. favorite Star Trek. It's not the greatest show. It's fine. It's yeah. just, it's just fine to me. But because of the backlash towards. Characters that I don't think are as bad as everybody else feels, I feel like the need to defend, even though mm-hmm. I don't really necessarily want to, I just feel like they're maybe a bit misunderstood. Are you talking about Janeway? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, I actually, I didn't mind her. Well, that's been... I mean, ep- I can kind of understand the shrill voice, but that's just a little That's been there. episode nine. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed the... <laughs> And I'm sorry, but for some reason, Coop and Vals can no longer be on the show. And not uh, yeah, back. I hope you enjoyed them because you're never going to see them or hear them again. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your favorite episode? Uh, my favorite episode. Oh, God. One? That's insane. No way. You asked the question, so I could it's say, to throw it back. I could say, yeah. well, no, I didn't tell you and to I pick one. <laughs> I noticed. I, I, I noticed you weren't getting away. Yeah, I didn't tell you to pick one specific. Favorite episodes. I have it written down. Favorite episodes? Question mark. 
S. And I'm deliberately not putting plural. the 50th in there because that to me that's cheating. That's an easy one for me. Yeah, that, that especially I, for me poetically. Probably I could for go you there too when Tom shows up. Well, we said we would. T- the story of that, real briefly, is the night that it aired. Uh, I came. I came here to see it. Oh yeah, this is a good story. So Ray, Daniel, and myself are all going to watch it for the first time, and it and it comes on, and we're watching it, we're enjoying it, whatever. It's right where we're at right now, and then. You hear Tom Baker say something. Like, he's not on screen yet. Oh, yeah. When he says, well, he goes, I really think you might. Right. As soon as I go, Tom Baker. And they, they both look at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> because <laughs> because I, they, didn't, they didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. It was just a, it was that kid mm-hmm. in me reacting like, oh, my God. There he is. The sad part is it got spoiled to me because uh, a friend of mine retweeted Tom Baker saying he was in it. Oh. I'm like, God damn it. So I knew he was so in it. It's really Tom Baker's fault. He spoiled and it. He did, so I don't give her full credit for that. So I saw that on Facebook. But still, even at that moment when I heard, you know, you really think you might, it's like, oh, it just I brings know you right coming. back to, you know, being a kid 12, again. 12, 13 year old kid being Sunday and he was, night you know right what? there. I never, I never watched the old show, but man, was he good in that scene. And that scene actually had a lot of um, nods to the classic, yeah. if you didn't know. Yeah. Like the, the two in particular, the nose. Yep. Doing that, that's something he always did. And one of the ones, it really came up more recently, but when he shushed Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. That is actually, um, that has become a kind of a running gag more recently, especially in Big Finish now. Yeah. Because um, Louise Jameson did a uh, a video. You can actually find it online. She got sick of explaining why she left the show. And so she had a friend of hers edit this series, this show called Curse of the Fatal Shh. <laughs> and it was an episode. It starts with you know when the do- when she first meets the doctor, and they get to the scene. They're like, "Oh, doctor, what are you doing there?" And she's like, "Okay, now." And the doctor goes Shh, like that, and then they spliced in every episode where the doctor goes Shh, 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 just shushes her all the time, all throughout the until the very last episode where you see her like leaving. <laughs> so awesome. like, like that's the reason she's got to go. Yeah, <laughs> she got sick of that. So, um, but so that that's why he did it deliberately in that. Smith right. in that I, one. I can't think of any from season one. Um, but season two had uh, what was the? Um, oh shoot! You know what? I'm gonna have to Stone look. Earth. I'm gonna have or, to look at. Um, yeah, right off the bat. Oh, yeah, you have your giant screen here. Right off the bat. Everything. Yeah, I wanted to have the episodes up so that we could look at them. New Earth was really good. Uh, School Reunion. Oh, God, that was a hard, that was a good one for me. Just, But, see, that's to me, that's cheating, too, because, my God, Sarah Jane and K-9 in there. Yeah. I could live without K-9, honestly. <laughs> it's kind of funny. They asked, Louise, they asked John Leeson, what was it like to come back and play K-9? He said... I, I, I wish you could. I wish I could give you a good story. It's like back in the day when I played it. You know, when we were rehearsing, I was on stage with a microphone, and we were rehearsing. I was on all fours, pretending to be K nine, and you okay. know, doing the scene stuff like that. He's like, when I came to do this episode, I went into a studio for thirty minutes, recorded some lines, and left. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's totally the production's totally done differently today. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, I liked. Uh, well, Doomsday was just like heartbreaking because that's mm. when Rose left, and that was you know that was sad. <laughs> I, I I couldn't say I'd cite it as like one of my favorite episodes, but I definitely remember that excellent excellent ending. Leaving you know, the very yeah the you know, it was Rose, a very dramatic ending. Rose leaving was was uh, was tough. Uh, I was I unfortunately the Runaway but, Bride was actually fun. Despite, I loved Runaway Bride. I loved Donna. I think that was actually one of my favorite Donna episodes. Yeah, it was it because was, I loved her stamp brashness. 
Uh, I didn't. I didn't like her when she first came. Remember, if yeah. you remember me saying, yeah, because I thought she was too overbearing. Yeah, but I say I loved that about her. But she grew it, on. Well, yeah, it grew. Yeah, I, she that, grew on me. Yeah, it and grew she on calmed me. it down because, and sadly, she had like too many cry moments. And, and some I of her like, episodes were like the best freaking yeah. episodes oh, of the series, yeah. man. It's it, almost like if you go back and watch the fires it, of Pompeii, man. Yeah, you watch mm-hmm. it a second time. That's a good one. You have such a better appreciation for the dynamic between them. Yep, I'm not saying it wasn't there initially, but when you go back and watch it a second, third, whatever time, you start to realize, like, man, this, these two are really, really good together. And I'm assuming the big finish will be between them will be great too. Oh, human! I haven't heard human, of those human yet, nature so. and the family of blood. Which, by the way, human nature uh, that is actually this is a little bit of a story for this one. This remember I mentioned the Virgin novels? Yeah, that was a Virgin novel. Oh really? Was Sylvester McCoy? They actually adapted that to this episode. It was actually oh. it was published as Human Nature instead of um, so when Martha. You, it was Bernice Summerfield. So when you saw this, were you like, "Oh, I've seen this"? Already. Kind of, yeah. Oh. It's, it's, it's actually a watered down version of Human Nature. Like, oh, good, they gave it to a better doctor. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but, yeah, the doctor was completely different in that. So, uh, I mean, look, it just rolls right on in season three, man. Yeah, but Human yeah. Nature, Family of Blood, right into Blink. Blink was a big one. Yeah. And now here's the thing. It's kind of funny about Blink. That's actually one of my opinions. I love Blink. And I think the story, how they presented that story, the genius of that idea behind the story and that dynamic of the time there made the Weeping Angels perfect. I am sick to death of the Weeping Angels. I think they are the most overrated creature now. Yeah. I am tired of them bringing it back. Because it's not... Blink is... How Blink was written made the Weeping Angels perfect. Right. They're not like a a viable villain in any any other scenario, really. By the time it became the Statue of Liberty, I was pretty much Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. I was like... If you would have brought them back maybe one, maybe two more times... It would have you wouldn't have lost the impact. But, but there yeah, was that they, one they, episode where it. like a bunch of his villains were there, and like here's the Daleks and here's the Cybermen and I think that was the Capaldi one. And then, and the, and then the Weeping Galfrey. Angels are there. I'm like that's not that doesn't work in this scene. Yeah, see, unfortunately, I, I think that's a confusion right now because every poll, if you ever see what's the scariest monster in Doctor Who, everybody says the Weeping Angels, and that's why social media can ruin certain things because they're like, <laughs> oh well. We have to give the fans what they want. They love these things. Yeah. Well, so let's. And in my angels. opinion, that's why I say it. I don't think the Weeping Angels. I think they think Blink. Their subconsciously is Blink is their favorite. Blink episode. is the yeah. Not, it's not that the, weeping the Weeping Angels specifically. They could have been anything. Yeah. Scary, and it would have been fine. But yeah, it just, it's how uh, they were used in Blink. Yeah. That's a, how a, it works. a rare. It's like a. It's like a like an anomaly in Doctor Who because the Doctor is not even in the episode really that much. Yeah. It's just this weird anomaly that was just good. And Stephen Moffat wrote that one, too. Oh, that's what I say. He's good at writing a story. He had a very clever envision, especially, like, my favorite scene where when you sit and sit in there, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, how do you understand me? Look to your right. Looks to the right. Look to your right. He's right there. I thought, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing. It was a very clever Moffat's mechanic. really good at writing, like, little hooks like that, that, you know, just like, oh, who would have ever thought of something like A lot of stories I've seen written by, uh, Sherlock has a lot of stuff like that, where it's like, how do you think of that? That's It's mm. insane that he was, like, there's little twists and things. That, how does that fit together? How did he think of that? You know, it's just like, I could never write that way, you know, but. I, I don't understand what it is about Sherlock, but the characters are so 
strong in Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is this written by the same guy who wrote seasons five through eight of Doctor Who? I have I yet to give an opinion of Sherlock because sadly I have not seen a single episode. But I, I you, when you watch it, it's like, how is this written by Stephen Moffat? I don't understand. Now it's also written by Mark Gatiss too, so maybe mm-hmm. that has maybe that has something to do with let's throw some character stuff in there. Maybe he's a character guy, you know, that kind of ropes but but Sherlock and John, and there's a supporting cast that's just so, so strong. The I don't character. know. You're almost kind of forced to make it a character show because Sherlock Holmes is too big to be smaller than a story. Yeah. In my opinion. I guess you could do it. I guess you could make the story bigger. But so is the Doctor. I mean, the Doctor is, you know. Yeah, but I think if you're trying to do something that you don't want to feel They're almost like essentially the, the same character. Doing, that's mm-hmm. just it. When you watch both shows. You want to do, you're doing a show already, Doctor Who. You have it established the way you're doing it. The last thing you want is your other show to come out and just remind everybody of this, like you're doing the same show with just in True. a different setting. Yeah. So it's almost like he was forced to go the opposite direction and, and walk away from a bigger story and go bigger character. Yeah. It's almost because he didn't want them to, to seem too similar. Yeah. I'm a, and which sadly in a way shows that he has it in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just didn't, he didn't put it in the right medium for Dr. Who. Yeah. But you know, you still haven't said which one yet, or is there just too many? I'm, yeah, I'm just going going down the line because yeah, there, I could never. Then you got the just, master. I, mean, I could that, well, that's the, what, that's what I'm talking about. It rolls so right good. from <laughs> human nature, family of blood to blink, and then right into utopia. There's a I whole. Act- it's a steamroller, man. Sadly, I'm going to say I actually was not a fan of the Johnson master. I I have you know I was not a fan. I actually think the character was great. Yeah. I don't like him as the master. Okay. I would have preferred him as an alternate universe doctor. Oh, okay. That's how I would have done. Then, and yeah, and that, and that played. I didn't like the idea. See, the master, to me, was always a mastermind villain. The doctor, he's, you know, if I'm, I'm kind of holding my hand here. If there is like a got, if there's like a gauge, the doctor is just before insanity. It's like, there's that, there's that tipping point between genius and insanity. The doctor is usually right before insanity. Yeah. The master, traditionally, since he's a mastermind villain, is just a little bit over into the insanity. Yeah. He's still intelligent, but he uses things, but he's just in that insanity part. He has master plans. He has like, visions and ideas. He's The John Sim master is like way on the crazy, I'm fucking running with scissors, Cuckoo! crazy bonk, bouncing off of walls, I, like I'll, out of control. And I'll say that's because of his botched... Uh, regenerations i think it could be i think because of the way he regenerated and the fact that he he outlived his life longer than Mm -hmm. he was supposed to going this and if they explained it i could deal with that doctor who that the master was basically going on borrowed time i think he's a time lord that shouldn't even be around anymore so he's he's lost the sense of like like where you say he goes just over the line i think he's gone further over the line because he's not even supposed to be here anymore he's more distorted of a version of a Time Lord than there should be around at this I hate point. to counter that, but wouldn't that be affecting Capaldi then? No, because he's on a second fresh set. So is the Master. I His wasn't acquired in the normal sense. But that is true. Technically, he died. Well, he was he was burned then for, for whatever that reason was. Then he was killed in the Eye of Harmony whole thing, or excuse by Daleks, killed in the Eye of Harmony, resurrected somehow, which, by the way, they brought uh, the Master back in Big Finish. There's actually an in-between master. Yeah. So he's actually pretty good. Um, he's a different I guy. I think the explanation, the most recent explanation was, he says the Time Lords brought me back. For the Time War. To fight in the Time yes. War. And he took off. Mm-hmm. So that would imply to me that he, just like 
Matt Smith was given a fresh set. Or yes. they just brought him back on a one, a one and done. Nope, because he regenerated after, um, uh, well, played by what's-his-face, who I loved, who? his performance, whoever it was in Utopia. The oh, old, the the, uh, the original the other, master. Uh, he's a really big-name British actor. Yeah. I'm totally offending him now by not saying yeah, his name. He was on uh, Frasier, even, TV yeah. show Frasier. Um, okay, so yeah, that kind of puts the debunk on the idea of that he's insane because he's outlived his welcome. But yeah, well, they, they, their explanation here is the reason he's insane is because he's well. There's two explanations. Derek Jacoby. Derek Jacoby. Yeah. Yes, I wanted him as though his performance there. I was like, oh, he was amazing. We see that 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 just dripping sort of. He had that mastermind villain thing, and he then had they the went to the ah, crazy batsman, yeah. crazy him, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. But anyways, because they had they had two, they kind of retconned it a little bit, which I actually didn't mind. The first explanation for his madness was he stared into the uh, vortex mm-hmm. and he went mad, yeah. and that's why he heard the four beats and stuff like that, which is really his heartbeats or right, whatever. Right. But then they said it was uh, the Time Lords eventually in that later episode mm-hmm. put those four beats in right. as a way to try to escape or yeah. somehow as a matter to track plan. him down. I think wasn't wasn't that it to help to help you yeah, to track him down that gives it as a connection to the Time Lord so he could pull Gallifrey back. Yeah, see, this right. is why I don't think his regener his fresh set is the normal fresh set. Like mm-hmm. like the Time Lords gave Capaldi the fresh set. With good intentions. Yes. They gave the master his fresh set. Not necessarily with, with bad dubious intentions. intentions. Right. With, with the intent that we're using you mm-hmm. as a tool, not not as a thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he might have a sense of distortion. Like he's not the normal regeneration. Plus he already was not the, the mm-hmm. you know, the most upstanding of citizens. So, yeah, that's true. So I think it's a it's at least that's my own self explanation. There's no nothing to back me up. I I, I like the fan theory. <laughs> yeah, that's my fan it's, theory. It's a very good fan theory. I like that. He doesn't get the normal fresh set. Mm-hmm. He gets but, like the the day old expired milk set. Like okay, <laughs> I can still drink this because it's it says expire sell by, but it's but I you know but I can it's gonna sour. So. I um one thing I will say though, and this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, because uh, that's never happened. I do like how. Um, I can't believe I forgot her name. How she's playing the master now, Missy. the new mess, Missy, Missy. Which I don't like calling her Missy. I want to call her the master. Right? Don't do that. And and I love it because even she said that when she was at Chicago Tardis, and she said, "I see her as the master, not Missy." Even though I use Missy, yeah, she says that. She's like, I prefer to just think of her as the master. Do they ever call her the mistress instead? No, I don't think so. Think so. Yeah, well, that's why she's called Missy because it was right, short for mistress. Right, but they ever call her the full mistress? No, she does. She, I master. think, she refers to her. She's like, well, I'm, you know, the ma- I'm the master, but the mistress. Yeah, Missy, so, did she, Missy she did. for short. Yes. I think she played, because it was because mistress would be more because she's now female. I think she plays the role well. I think she's a very good actress. I think she plays off Capaldi very you know, mm-hmm. excellent. My only issue, and it's a small issue. Is that I feel that it was done to appease people. Yes. In a politically correct nature well, that we're living in, I think a lot of people. We're for a little years too have, scared to make the doctor a woman, right? But everybody's we'll do it with push, the master. Exactly. We can we can test the waters here and see how it's received. Yeah. Oh, I got that totally. I and, totally and agree. And it's like, and I don't mind. Yeah. I, I mind because it's so blatant. I don't care. I don't care <laughs> that you did it, it. I don't care that you did it. When won't it be though? It's if you would have just done it like ten, you know. 
if you would have went from Eccleston to a woman, I, for some reason, I think it wouldn't have felt as forced mm. because political correctness just keeps moving up the scale that now when they do these things, you don't know if they're – and that you have to question, are they doing it because this is what they really intended to do or are they doing it because they need to cater to somebody? Mm-hmm. I think there was still a window where that didn't feel as strongly. And it's unfortunate because, again, she's really good. I, I don't mind her. I, I don't sit there and dwell on it. It mm-hmm. just it, every time I think of her, the first thought is, "This is why they did." Oh, it. they did that because reasons, right? And then I and then yeah. I quickly drop the idea and then get into the character and enjoy her acting. Mm-hmm. But I hate the fact that it felt like it, it'll always feel like to me that's why it's there, not mm-hmm. because they wanted to, because they felt they needed to. I don't think they could ever escape that, though. No, they I really won't. don't. They think won't, they could. and I have to live with it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's just that's the only thing that bothered me. When it first happened, it's like, see, I know, I'll the tell master you, a woman when John Sim, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I would have felt like that was as forced. I think it would have felt like because the overall global scale of everything wouldn't have felt like that was being shoved in my face at that moment. I'll tell you what actually felt more like what you're saying for political correctness was in the episode where uh, Capaldi shot the Time Lord guard and he regenerated from a white male into a black female. Yeah. That was one I kind of felt was a little. That right. was a little off. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. We can change in multiple ways in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. and they and they did a little bit with that too, especially when they did um when they first showed um the master and when they were showing Gallifrey with some of the Time Lords for just some reason they cut away to this black guy as a Time Lord. It's like, oh, there's the first black Time Lord. It's like it's literally they just said, hey, first black Time Lord over shining over his head. Well, well it's it? just like uh, you know, we're... and this show's full of it though. That's the one thing a lot of uh, a lot of people pointed out. How many of the relationships were interracial relationships? Well, it goes back to the Donna, whole... but you know, uh, uh, Rose. Um, all of them there, and it's kind of funny. Almost all of the, um, in the same relation, the same race relations were all the defunct, dysfunctional ones. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, well, River Song, even when she was, uh, she went from black to white. Right. Yeah. She she was uh, Rory and uh, Amy's friend, mm-hmm. younger, and she was a younger black girl. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not that it bothers me beyond a moment or two. Literally, seconds or like they're seeing it, or the other like, thing that people. Oh, I know why this is happening. There's and also the other classic on. thing, which is uh, which was brought up a lot during the Russell T. Davies was the quote unquote gay agenda. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, every episode would have just the the gay thing, you know, yeah. where I say somebody there's a neon sign with the word gay, and then that goes away. <laughs> yeah, well, the, we, we the the DC TV shows we've talked about that a lot mm-hmm. about how that's a big thing in the. In the Flash and in Legends mm-hmm. of Tomorrow, and you know, I, I don't watch Arrow, but I'm sure it's a thing. But um, that that will pop up, and I've always said that that stuff never ever has bothered me, and it never will bother me. And you know, Tom and I talked about it on Gaming AM how it's just like we're the type of people we grew up with, like all kinds of weirdness. We grew up surrounded. We by, grew up. Th- th- that's how. That's how a lot of uh, black people were introduced. We grew. We grew, I, like, we grew up think, with Tex Avery. We grew up yeah. with anime. We grew oh. up with so much weird junk in our lives that you know, video games and the, the rules of the worlds of video games, our minds are just in a state where we don't care. We, that kind of stuff doesn't bother us. The only time it bothers me is when it's shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. That's when I don't, that's when I don't, you know, if, if you want to make the main character of a show uh, you know, oh, I'm coming out as lesbian and I'm, you know, it's difficult for me. Make that a plot point. Make that part of the story. Make that part of that character. But when this 
you know, character that's just like a, a totally side character that has nothing to do with the show happens to bring up that he's gay. That's shoehorning. Mm-hmm. That's when it bothers me. It's like you're doing that because demographics and and reasons and 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 it's change for the sake of change it's 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 the idea of you know we are very we can be very accepting people we talk whatever about, we want to accept yeah don't tell me what i i have to accept yeah. because you say i have to i'm probably accepting it most likely on my own because i know but people you don't right tell now, me your yeah. agenda is i have to accept what you want because i know to. people right now are saying oh gay people exist i we know they exist. and i'm fine with it the problem Just is don't tell me i have to be yeah, I, i'm fine with it on my own you know i i do want to interject that this is exactly what our parents were saying about with television when they were pushing all uh, women's lib and black people well, we're, we're. I just want to say, you know, we are, are we now, at that point now? Yes, we are because we are those people. We are the people. We are the modern day version mm-hmm. of the people who were flipping out when William Shatner and Michelle Nichols kissed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like the modern day version of that. And that, I'm not going to apologize for that because I grew up a certain way, mm-hmm. and that's the way. That's the way I look at the world. I'm not going to feel feel sorry that that's the way I look at things. That's <laughs> that's how it is. You know, that's how I look at stuff. And when I see, we talked about this in the Flash. The, uh, the uh, Barry Allen is uh, a CSI, and the uh, his boss, the chief of police, mm-hmm. always brings up his, oh, hus- yeah. his, mm-hmm. his his husband. That has nothing to do with anything, you know. It's just like we made him a gay guy because we want to. We're we're inclusionary. We're, we're inclusionary to. We're, we're making it for the modern day audience. Yeah, you make. Make Barry Allen gay, or make one of the. You know what? I actually, I'm, I'm actually on the opposite end because here's something I've had a discussion with my friend. I don't want to make a character gay to be their defining character trait. Right. Exactly. I don't, don't want them to be defined as they are the gay. Right. You know, I don't. Like I don't that. want that either. And that's kind of why I actually liked the commissioner, where he would just come off saying, you know, oh, yeah, my husband's over there. Something like that in there. That it was just, it wasn't played like, oh, my God, here's going to be the gay episode focusing on him and anything like that. The fact that he's gay is just, oh, yeah, I have a husband. Yeah. It just. And then that was it. I actually liked how It was a moment where we're watching The Flash. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he says that. And then I look at my wife and, did did he just say that? (laughs) You know, it took us out of the show. When I look at my wife and say, did he just say that? She's looking at me going, yeah, I think he... But I will tell you, I have friends that are millennials that it didn't for them. That's the difference between them and me. (laughs) I'm not going to speak for you Mm -hmm. or you. I'm going to say that's the oh, difference. Oh, but I, between, I agree. I noticed that too because the I'm not between used them to that. And me, but they gr- they're growing up in a different world. It's I, more accepting yes. that. I just feel like it's like, oh, how do you feel about lasagna? Oh, I'll eat lasagna from time to time. It's okay. All right. You like lasagna? You're going to eat lasagna. You're going to eat lasagna every fucking day of the week because <laughs> because lasagna's because we like lasagna and you got to eat it. And it's like, hey, I said I don't, see, I don't, I don't think, mind Like, what do you think about lasagna? I, like I don't it. see anybody doing that. Good answer. Yeah. You, you there's there's like no it. anger <laughs> behind it. You better. You yeah. better. Oh. I yeah, don't the, see there's no oh, anger yeah, ba- there the, for the way that they would present like the gay agenda. I don't see that as anger. How they're presenting it to the audience is through anger. Is how you're saying it. See, like, like no, I actually, it's fu- I'm I often saying like- it's force feeding. It's saying just because you're okay with something mm-hmm. doesn't mean I need it in every single aspect of everything I see and do. True. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm okay that there's gay characters on TV. It doesn't bother me yeah. at all. Don't make people a gay character just to make them gay, like a police commissioner, just so you can fit that in. 
If he's gay, fine, he's gay. I don't care. But don't make him that way just because you need me to accept that. I I was going to accept it anyway if it fits. Just don't shoehorn it in. You know, don't Mm -hmm. make me eat lasagna just because I say I eat it from time to time. Don't make me eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) That's what I feel like that agenda is. Is it motivated by anger? Some people. Is it motivated? That's always in some cases. Exactly. Not everybody, Mm -hmm. not the majority. But it's like, just because you have an issue that's important to you, I can respect that. But it doesn't mean I need to live, eat, breathe every moment of Mm -hmm. it. You know, some of it might be because I'm not experiencing it. Like you are, I respect that you're going mm-hmm. through the differences, but you know, respect the fact that it's not my number one issue of concern. Yeah, I, we either. grew up in a different world, you know, and I'm not sorry that I feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. that's just how I feel. That's how I grew up. That's the world I grew up in, and that's you know, when I see something like that, it just kind of t- you know takes me back out of the show a little bit. You <laughs> and know, get- and it's. And getting back to where we that doesn't were, and it's kind of funny. Well, getting back to Doctor Who, that that's was actually was one of the things. Is it is all in in England is particularly it has always had that progressive edge. Yeah. It's always been known for this that. Is true. Particularly women's lib was a huge thing. Yeah. My God, with like uh, Sarah Jane Smith was actually she's touted women's lib several times. Yep. Oh, Monster of Peladon. I think even her first episode she was commenting. Yeah. Well, and that, and I think that's the difference between a cap uh, a character like Captain Jack Harkness. I think in England it's very like okay mainstream, very normal. I've when, never when he hits here, never once been bothered by Captain Jack. That every all the everything about him that's part of his character. They made that part mm-hmm. of his character. Nothing about Jack has ever bothered me. He likes guys. He likes girls. Doesn't matter. See, it's, it's part funny, of his I always thought he was too blatant. I was thinking that that to me felt like it was a force feeding. Yeah, I was going to say that too. I that's think, weird because I, I never got that America, sense. That's I, so funny that you guys I think feel in America that way. you get the sense if. Uh, maybe it's because I knew Russell T. Davies' background. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe if I didn't know all that about that, he's gay himself. And I kind of knew that too. And you know, yeah. The, see, I didn't. Maybe that's the difference. You know, I didn't he, know he's that. Gay oh, that was it. That I was actually that a running. They actually did a running joke when they first announced it. Some like uh, comedy show did a joke where they said that. Oh, you know, Russell T. Davies is now doing Doctor Who. They said they had the doctor come. I was like, oh no, what are we going to do today? We're going to do everything great. And then the the doll, you hear the dogs coming. Hello, doctor. Oh, that is an amazing sequences you're wearing. Where did you pick them up? And stuff like that. <laughs> See, I, I, I found out much later that he was a gay guy. And I found out like a couple weeks ago because you told me that he the, was the queerest folk. folk. I didn't know that. You See, know I, I knew. and so I, I think... didn't know. So when, when Captain Jack comes around and all that stuff's part of his character, I wasn't like, oh, here we go again. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't... See, that's the thing. Even though I felt like. He was a Russell T. Davies agenda being yeah. put in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Captain Jack. Yeah. Oh, I'm I do fine love with him. Captain Jack. I think he's one of the greatest characters. I didn't that... at first. In, I, was it World War Three? Was his first? Episode? No, World no. War Two. He was in on. World War Two, but it was in um, the one written by Stephen Moffat, uh, the uh, Empty Child. Okay. The one with the gas mask children. That was his first episode. Yeah. Okay. It's a two-parter. Yeah, it's a two-parter. Yeah. The Empty Child and Forget the Doctor Dances. Oh, okay. okay. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that was written by Moffat. That, that, I think that was that particular episode oh, that made okay. people want him to be But you know that that character, that character was given to Moffat from Davies to say, okay, we're going to have a bisexual man, blah, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. know? And I'm okay with that. See, that's just it. That's that's my overall And I continued on agreement. into Torchwood. I know you tried and you I, didn't. Yeah, you, you didn't. I'm the same way with Torchwood. I, could, I couldn't make it past the sex episode. I got to the episode. That was like the second episode, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I gave that two tries. I'm like and I start I, I started off 
right where I left off. I'm like, okay, let's get past it. We get to another song. God damn, is this written by idiot five-year-olds? What the hell? Yeah, you were the same way, right? <laughs> yeah. You were just like, I, I made it longer, but I just couldn't stand it. Yeah. Now I hear every, now I'm now I'm talking to my friends. Apparently they're telling they're urging me to skip all that children and go of Earth. to yep. Children of Earth. Children of Earth always says Miracle children. Day. Children Miracle Day, not as good. Mm-hmm. Children of Earth is a freaking masterpiece, man. It is it, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi, oh, isn't it? Peter, he's one of the main characters. Oh, really? He's like really, and like when I saw Children well, of Earth. That's not going to taint our view if we watch that. Is it? When I saw Children <laughs> of Earth, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. Oh, yeah, you were saying. But he's like one of the best actors I've ever seen. This guy is freaking amazing in this show. And then he becomes the doctor later mm-hmm. on. So I was like, Children of Earth, man. It's, it's so dang good. It's really, really good. It just, like, it blew me away how good it was. Now, I'm coming off of two seasons of Torchwood that I was like, I didn't hate it the way you guys did, but I was like, you know, I was okay with it, okay enough with it to, I think season two improved a lot over season one. Uh, But then, uh, yeah, that Children of Earth was in, like, a whole new league it was you would know how far i made it because i don't remember now but by the way big finish does torchwoods down too oh okay yeah they actually brought a lot of characters back i guess the yanto's back and stuff like that okay okay you would remember the episode but i know what the premise of it was i just don't remember what season what episode for sure it's where they have this an uh, this space alien animal type of thing in a warehouse yeah and they're cutting it up for me to i wouldn't know which episode no but i know but the, whatever I that is i that's where i drew the line i'm yeah. like i can't I can't do this. Well, anymore. the thing that, that episode pissed me off, and it didn't help that I was like fighting to try to keep waiting for it to get better. <laughs> and when that episode happened, it just you, it when I talk like, about agendas. To me, it's it's a fictitious animal, but I have I have issues with like animal like cruelty, tor- cruelty torture. I, I, I think most humane people yeah. do to some extent. I'm probably a little bit more overboard about it, but still, <laughs> even though it's a fictitious animal, I'm like the way they ended that episode. I'm like. What a dick move. I'm like, screw this show. I already didn't like it. Uh, this did it for me. Thank you for giving me such a middle finger episode so I can walk away and not feel like I'm missing anything. Well, that's the thing I said about Torchwood. It really felt like to me their idea is like, we wanted to make an adult show, so that means arterial sprays, lots of sex. And just... No. You know what? Um, if you're going to give me the sex, give me the nudity. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, Here's the thing about Torchwood. The, the reason I like it um, is because... I like flawed characters, and there is no shortage of them in Torchwood. Oh, every true. every mm-hmm. single one of those characters is a dick. Yes. Yeah, they got issues. Yeah. No, they which all, they, I don't know if I like because I kind of want to have fun characters. I want that, guys but, that, that I like. But, I, you know, when I first started watching it, I'm like, Even like is, Jack Harkness was like, God, he's such an ass in these. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's an episode, and you, you actually made it to the episode, where there's uh, this alien girl that... Um, she has she has like an evil agenda. She's disguised as a human. It's an alien creature that can inhabit original idea host bodies. Okay, and host and so it, it inhabits this host human body. That was sarcasm, by the way. And they yeah, I know they uh, and and they they figure out that she's an alien, but she seduces the um, uh, the Asian girl in the cast. And I remember that. You yeah. remember this yep, episode? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two of them are have this thing going on, right? And um, by the end of the episode, Jack figures out that she's an alien and that she's evil and that she needs to go. And because Jack is Jack, he murders her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but they had a thing. So she was like in love with this That's girl. That's actually so, one of the better episodes. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, it, I just, I love, but she, she's like, uh, and he, it's, she's got this device and it's, where's it, where's the device going to take her? It's a teleporter. Oh, it's going to take her back to her home planet or something like that. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to escape. 
Like she's mm. on the run from the law, the intergalactic law, basically. And she's got this teleporter that she finally, the last piece is on Earth or something, and she finally gets it. She's like, I'm going to teleport out of here. And Jack's like, fine, go ahead and go. And then she teleports away. And then like she, he's like, I reset the coordinates to like the sun or something. <laughs> and she's like, so you killed her? It's like, yes. And then he walks away. Yeah. And like, that's Jack. You know, mm. that's and that's like, how he's... dark that show can be. And see, that's, those are the type of episodes that kept me going. I'm like, well, see, now this wasn't bad. And then they'd come right back with a like stupid episode, and I'm like, God, I can't make. Up I my haven't mind. seen it, but I heard about the yeah. Cyber Woman. For me, yeah, yeah. They, see, there are some things in there that are like, eh, okay, but it's like you said, Russell Davies not the strongest on stories, mm-hmm. but damn, can he write characters? And these characters had flaws. Like, I have from time to time written stories myself for mm-hmm. for role playing games or just for whatever reason. Mostly related to role-playing games, I guess I would say. But And in my stories, the characters always are fucked up in some fashion mm-hmm. because that's the kind of characters I like. So I write characters that are flawed in a way. And even when I was role-playing oh, role with Tom, I'm like, um, you know, for season three, uh, I want my character to have a drug addiction. And so he wrote that into the story, you know. So the whole season is an arc where I try to get off this addictive drug that I'm on. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that's the kind of characters I like. So Torchwood is loaded with these horrible people. And the whole point for me when I watch it is, are they redeemable? That's what, that's what makes me stick with yeah. the show. Are these people redeemable? How are, they, how are they going to redeem these characters? Are they going to redeem them? Mm-hmm. Are they redeemable? You know, that's for, to- yeah, I could, for me I could totally see why it. I stick with the show, why I kept watching I think the show. I hung with it as long as I did because I am a character-driven, a character show-driven type of person. I've li- And I like darker shows. I've liked shows like Sons of Anarchy. I'd say Game of Thrones is more of a darker show. Yeah. Shows mm-hmm. like The Americans. You know, these, are, these aren't happy-go-lucky kind of shows. So I thought Torchwood would be up my alley. I thought flawed characters would be up my alley. I like Russell T. Davies' character style. Yeah. <coughs> but the stories themselves just weren't strong enough for me to wait on the developments or the redemption or possible redemption of those characters. Yeah. I mean, mainly, if nothing else, you're kind of just watching it for Jack Harkness because you know who he is mm. from Doctor Who. And the thing about the show, too, is that as it goes along... And gets its bigger budget and then gets into like Children of Earth and becomes just this like epic mini Is that when they filmed here then? Children of Earth? No, that was Miracle Miracle Day. Day. Miracle Day was here. Children of Earth was still in Cardiff. Um, But but even by the time it got to Children of Earth, it had already reached a level where it was like theatrical quality stuff. You know, it became a big thing. But but it never shied from its Doctor Who roots. They always referenced Doctor Who, even in Miracle Day. Filmed here in America and had American actors. Bill Pullman's in it, and all the you know a bunch of <laughs> American actors are in it. A big the president, deal. but that's right, yeah. Except he wasn't president. But uh, even <laughs> even even Miracle Day, um, you know, still Doctor Who references in it. You know, it never was afraid to remind you <coughs> where it came from. I'm just you know? glad that when they crossed over onto Doctor Who, that they were brief. No, I mean, yeah, we didn't. We you know Jack had the prominent role that he needed to have mm-hmm. because that's where he originated from but the rest of Torchwood was Secondary. side characters yeah, yeah, yeah like in, in, in those like like in the uh, Doomsday same thing with like uh, Sarah and her son and all that right. so yeah, yeah. No, the robot or the computer sorry yeah. that 
that whatever I didn't. The only Sarah Jane adventures I watched was the one with David Tennant. So yeah. I'm not I, familiar. I with watched the, rest the David of the Tennant show. one and the one with Matt Smith in it. Yeah, and I did too, and that was horrible. <laughs> the vulture thing with, with Joe. With Joe, I know. God, I li- I, that you felt know so forced. The only thing I, yeah, the only thing I liked about it were the actual vulture physical costumes. I thought they were like neat looking. Yeah, yeah, beyond, yeah I miss I miss good old fashioned cult costume monsters. Yeah, that story though, Joe Joe Grant, right? Yeah, yeah. Joe Grant felt so forced, like. Oh, okay, we gave David Tennant Sarah Jane. Um, who else is still around that could do this? <laughs> Joe Grant from and from oh from Pertwee, excellent. You know, it's like give her to Matt Smith. It just felt so. The other thing too is that Matt like, Smith why? looked why? like <laughs> Matt Smith looked like orange in that episode. Like they piled on makeup on him for Matt some reason. Matt Smith looked like he didn't even even though he was acting, didn't feel like he felt comfortable in that episode. <laughs> like I know what's going on here, and I'm playing the doctor. Like why does Matt Smith look so different than he does in Doctor Who? Like why? he like or why did they pile so much makeup on him like me and sarah were both commenting on that i, when we I don't it. know why it didn't strike me or at least it not to the point where i remember it at least of yeah. all the seasons and all the shows that i have i do not have that one it's like <laughs> a, like a, yeah, not even in the extras i'm like mm-hmm. no i can't i'll never watch that, that one i don't have the movie either like the the mccann movie because i'm like i've seen i don't need to ever see it again i i, 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 I do that. i have it Hoarder. hoarder. I, I'm sorry. Digital hoarder. I am. It's terrible. I have so much dang stuff backed up on hard drives. It's yeah. It's I. I, I don't know why. I, I've been like that since a kid. When I was a kid, I had like stacks and stacks of videotapes. I would just mm. tape everything off TV. And I, my parents would be like, "Why do you have?" You I know? showed you my like collection of Doctor Who. It's like four yeah. DVD VCR things full of. Uh... It's yeah. It's crazy. And it's like you know, my parents would be like, "Why are you? Are you ever going to watch any of this crap?" I'd want Maybe. to have it in case I want to. Well, Doctor Who, I watch. I watch my tapes to death. Well, yeah. now, now it's YouTube. Now everybody, now everybody has That's YouTube. True. Everything's backed up on YouTube. You want to see a clip of some show? It's on YouTube. I've yeah, been doing that recently. Yeah, I actually ditched a lot of video, uh, old uh, Ultraman episodes I had. But stuff because of when, that. when, uh, when uh, you know, nuclear winter comes and the internet is no more, I'll still be able to watch my crap because I have it backed up on and hard winter drives. is coming yeah Game so. of Thrones reference for anybody who cares oh I think everybody knows at this point there's a yeah. Game of Thrones reference even P- yeah even I get that reference yay <laughs> no you know what though I'm not so, so bad that I didn't delete what is it season six of Doctor Who Matt clearly the worst season of the modern yeah that was no good which one's that one exactly that <laughs> You don't you remember. Go. It doesn't. It's been wiped. Done. You put it out of your mind. I know. It, I uh, think the worst good. episode in that season is the Old West episode. Oh, where they have to fight off oh. that Jonah Hex guy. God, there's. I have it because mm-hmm. I, I want my collection to be complete. But I promise you, I will never, <laughs> n- never I, sit down and be I like, say that I want to watch. I remember six. liking that one for some reason. I, I, I can't tell you why, because I can't really think well, of it. Well, uh, here's season six. Starts off the bat oh, with yes. the impossible astronaut and Day of the Moon. I did not like that story one bit. Curse of the Black Spot, awful. Mm. The Doctor's, Doctor's Wife, wife decent. was a, a fun one, yeah. Um, the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People, which was the uh, the rubber people. Doppelganger? Which, which, which we established later that Amy had become one of them, that she was kidnapped. <laughs> you remember this? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. she like she they because they they he realizes that it's not really her. Like over time, yep. He's he keeps scanning her and it says pregnant, not pregnant. Mm, and and yeah, right. he's he finally figures out she's one of these creatures. And uh, yeah, no, 
Good man, oh, goes, good to man goes to war and let's kill Hitler. Now, oh God. if you remember, this was the first time they did like a mid-season break. Yes. So mm-hmm. we didn't get to see this let's kill Hitler episode until much, much later. And, you know, we were kind of hoping, well, maybe it'll be better. And So, so far we have one decent episode in season six, in our, in my opinion. The girl who waited, I personally got disappointed because the white, ro- the, the robots in there uh, very strangely were reminiscent of the white robots from the Mind Robbers. So. Mm. Okay, yeah. I do like the concept, though, of how Amy would be bitter and mm-hmm. for the time that she yep. had to spend there. Oh, Closing Time, which is kind of a sequel to The Lodger. Oh, yes. That was halfway decent, yeah. With, 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 with brought in the, te- the, the teethy Cybermat. The Wedding of River Song. Yeah, we know Mike <sighs> loves that one. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just in the title alone, you know. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Well, now, see, that's the, the Christmas, Christmas which that probably the weakest Christmas. I don't really remember it that well. That's where the, the, yeah. par- the father was the pilot. Right. See, and I, I almost look at the Christmas specials as just that, specials. Yes, they are attached to a season. Mm-hmm. But if you stop at at the thirteenth episode of the sixth season, we're basically looking at two. I'd almost say one and a half watchable episodes, <laughs> and, and and it really doesn't get much that much better. A yeah, town, a town called Mercy. That's one of the worst episodes I, I know ever. You, yeah, you were not a fan of that. Dinosaurs one. in a spaceship. Asylum that, of the Daleks had so much potential. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And then it just went derp. Yeah, Power 3, no. Angels Take Manhattan. Do you know what makes the Angels Take Manhattan so good? Is it's finally time... To, 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 go to, to let Matt Smith... It's, yeah, it's finally time for Matt Smith to be the... Yeah, the, to shine. That was... Uh, you know, that, that, that episode, uh, The Angels Take Manhattan, is when uh, Amy and Rory left. And it reminded me a lot of the whole... Um, uh, when David when David Tennant left, and we were like, "Just come on, just come on." Now, finally, we can move on. You know, same thing with Amy and Rory. Like, finally, we can move on yep. to like get to the next thing. And you know, are we done with River Song now? I said the same thing with, with River Song. Finally, yeah. we're done oh, with her. Jeez, and I'm like, I'm like, we're done with her. We're done with her. Oh, by the way, she's coming back at Christmas episode. Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that was our reaction too. We're just like, you know, me and Sarah were just. Eh. Um. So you basically go season six. Halfway through season seven of virtually episodes that if I never see again, I won't be the least yeah, upset by. And now it's funny with Snowmen in this one. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons why I love that the Pasta Nostra gang and all that. But um, I loved Clara in this episode. Yeah. And then they killed her. And I remember everybody going like, oh my God, Clara's going to be this great character. I said, how do we know? And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, we haven't seen her. We've seen this FB, this, this like undercover agent person, but she was killed. What's this schoolgirl version of Clara going to be? And she ended up being just a boring cutout. Yeah. 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 It wasn't until season nine, really, that she kind of became a real character. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is she finally establishes herself. Like now we, you know, we get who she is and everything. And side note is, right, why she left Doctor Who is to do the, the Victoria one. The Victoria, and I'm watching that, and it's like I'm having a very – she's doing a good job. It's not that she's not doing a good job as an actress, but I'm having a hard time getting past, like, there's Clara. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's Queen Victoria. It's kind of like watching X-Men with Pat, with uh, Captain Picard in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I can that's see my that. problem. Definitely. Yeah. I hate to stereotype an actress, but it's like, you know, I got her set in that role in my mind, and it's like I'm just waiting for, like, Capaldi to pop out at some point. Like, <laughs> hello, Parliament. You know, like, like <laughs> Doctor, go away. Right. Not now. Yeah. 
Um, of St. John, Rings of Ten. Cold War was an interesting one always for me because that was like the return of the Ice Warriors. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, and for you, probably uh, because of that, who's that guy? Um, David Warner? <laughs> Is he, he's in I this? was very, yeah. <laughs> very excited about that episode. I got to tell you. David, he, I mean, his role wasn't huge. No, yeah, it wasn't that huge at all. But, you know, it any, was fun, actually. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just loved seeing him, man. He's just, he's great in anything. Ah, uh, man, he, when that night of the doctor, when that hit, when, when I first put, when I hit play and I'm just sitting there, as soon as I heard his voice go, I'm a doctor, same thing with Tom Baker. I'm like, oh my God, was that, that they showed his face? I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You know the problem with that? Not long enough. Yeah. Yes, I, think, I completely agree. I think for everything, for all the time he waited, mm. for all the effort he put in through the years with the, you know, with the audio and, and should everything. Should have given him more. Yeah, they just, should have given him at least the and whole entire still, episode. And he's still, like, like... All the doctors from the original era are just are just old as hell. Yeah, he man. barely aged. Yeah. He looks like he could play the doctor now. Easy. Yeah. And considering all the flack that that movie took, that made for TV movie took, not his fault. I mm-hmm. really felt like give him the stage, just one episode. Give him one episode. Yeah, give him one episode. Let him not that he has to redeem himself, yeah. but redeem. Show that to everybody. Like, wasn't his fault. Clearly, he could have done a great job if given the proper opportunity. Yeah. But um, since we're looking at all the episodes and what we think and what we don't think, I don't want to. I don't want to act like I ran away from the question. We just kind of got away from it. If you want to know my favorite episodes, it's good thing you're remembering these because I was like way out. Um, <laughs> I lost. I well, lost track I, a long time ago. I could easily my, go. see my episode. My favorite episodes are boring. It's like I'm going to say, you know, last of the time lords, and. Um, you know, uh, Day of the Doctor. I'm going to say, you know, all the ones that are everybody's favorite, mm-hmm. you know, because they're my favorites too. Well, see, do you have something better? I no, well, I wouldn't say better, just what, what works for me. Now, see, I Time can go. Crash. I can eat. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't even call that a full episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like you guys, I could, and I wouldn't, I, I, there's nothing wrong with this. I could pick a ton of moments and yeah. just say there's so many moments. I don't want to nail an episode. Yeah, really down. not pick That's a whole an episode, just pick them. But yeah, I actually, there are I actually, I will say there are any of the emotional moments, you know, always, always hit me. Like when um, Rose and David Tennant see each other again for the first time and they go running towards each other in the street and he gets shot. Yeah. You know, that or when they have to, you know, when he drops her off and he's like ready to tell her he loves her too and then he fades away. Like moments like that, those stand out to me because I, again, I, I'm kind of a romantic. In if that you way. want to pick out a moment, I really loved when the doctor is on the run and he sits down with Martha and Captain Jack and finally talks about Gallifrey. Gallifrey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they play that music. That song that, is that one music. That, that was my ringtone. Remember? Yeah, I took so much heat from that at work. <laughs> People are like, "What is that, Titanic?" I'm like, "Idiots." <laughs> but I'll tell you the one thing that I absolutely love is one of the more recent ones. Man, that that speech Capaldi gave in the, the Zygons. Yeah, yeah. God damn that one. That made me all. That made me shiver. Wasn't yeah. that an episode where I was ahead of you and I actually texted you? And yeah, said, you you got ahead. There's of a me. scene coming that is just one of the best acted. One of the scenes. best acted scenes I've ever seen in yes. any in anything. There's and, two yeah. scenes that I that always stand out in my mind as like two of the best acted scenes I've ever seen in recent history. That's one of them, and the second one is Peter Dinklage in season six of Game of Thrones. I won't say what scene because that's not what this I've, is about. I, 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 I've kind of, one day I will watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, see, that's just it, and, and that's not what this subject matter of this podcast. Is I about. actually say the one scene for me. Did you watch Walking Dead? No. 
Okay, there's a scene, the scene with uh, uh, Negan just, the, how Rick acted out when, when Negan uh, killed the two people and was about to like, uh, hit, was about to have him chop off, Rick chop off his son's arm. That scene, my God, like I said, he needed to win an Oscar for that. <laughs> the guy who played Rick, just the terror in his face, just the screaming, I can't do just how helpless, I mean, the tears, I mean, he even had a snot bubble. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, I was like, I mean, he was just like, oh my God, like even the emotion, I was just heartbroken for this guy. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> how they did it. Leading back to the to the emotional scenes like we're, that got us to this point, if I took all those, that I could stop there. But there is an episode that does seem to stand out, and it does has to do. It leads with those romantic type of emotional scenes. I could go with the you know um, school reunion, mm. Tooth and Claw. The whole beginning of season two is great, but honestly, and this is funny because this kind of ties together way way back in the podcast. The Moffat Davies connection. Moffat wrote it, but it was a Davies era episode, Girl in the Fireplace. Mm. I, I'm a lot not, of that's a lot of people's fans' favorites. Yeah. I, it's not the spaceship and stuff itself. It's, it's the, the it's the it's the relationship between the doctor and the girl. Yes, and, and the fact that in the end you don't get the happy ending. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that because that's true to life. You don't always get the happy ending. We all want it, but you don't get it. And it was like good for once. You're getting a real dose of like heartbreak, like pain, <laughs> and it's like because well, everybody like, wants uh, it to be Are happy. you all, are you all right? He's like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the way he has to kind of just like brush it off and accept it. Mm. That that stands out to me. So the rest of the episode with the ship and, the, you know, okay. You know, it's almost like that has to be there to, to tell the rest of the story. Yeah. But that's what's funny. You've got, in my opinion, like you were, we were saying earlier, the best thing for you would be a blend. Yeah. Somewhere in between. Where You've Moffitt got the character and, the, and story. And in that, in that instance. I'll agree. You got it. You got mm-hmm. a Moffat written story. With character-driven Davies meshed together in one episode, it doesn't always happen. But there's a good combination of what the best of both of them can bring you. I'm still going to recommend. I don't mean I mean, always plug it in that, but first season of the War Doctor from Big Finish. All right, this guy's mm. under payroll. <laughs> I know. I kind of feel that way. If you mention us at least twenty times in this podcast, we're going to cut you a check for. <laughs> hey, I could have been, I could have mentioned anime three more times and have you could leave. That's true. <laughs> Well, now, now only two more times. <laughs> Just the word. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it, uh, there's so many episodes that are great. I could, I, I don't really want to single one out, but I, there's something about that episode that really, you know, again, we can go to the, you know, David Tennant's final scenes, mm-hmm. the 50th anniversary. There's so many good ones, and none of them would be a wrong answer. Yeah. But that one just gives you that that real life feeling of heartbreak. Yeah. So, and anybody who's ever experienced that gets to see that and gets to feel that in a different way. Or if you haven't, you and you can understand it, you like, I'd never want to feel that way. Yeah. So either way, it, it's it's very impactful in my mind anyway. Now so then we get to uh Peter Capaldi. What do we think of Peter Capaldi? Ooh, that's I've I've got uh, a bit of opinion on that one. I Two love of him. them. I love them. At first season, hated them. Could not stand him. I actually, I was really worried. I thought they were pulling Six Doctor all over again, where they're making this like crazy guy, very insensitive in there. Second season, bam, knocked him right out of the ballpark. And that's the thing. Amazing. I I saw him in Torchwood, and I'm like, this is one, like, I've never, this is a, he's just, oh my God. And then I see him in Doctor Who, and I'm like, my, my initial impression is, 
they are not utilizing you, they, using he's not meeting his, he's not meeting his potential mm. he is so much better than this and it's just like you said season two when they hit that that zygon episode is a perfect example of him at the top that speech when he's was just like, like you know you think this war this war this war this little funny little thing this little funny thing you think this is a war that before we go now when yeah. this is done it was uh it was just amazing i would yeah. agree the first season is definitely weaker the two i didn't I think I was coming off – I'm coming off of two, two aspects of Matt Smith. I'm coming off, as I said earlier, the idea that Matt Smith was like, damn it, I finally got the Matt Smith I want to see, and now he's gone. <laughs> but I'm also coming off, as we just covered a couple minutes ago, how many episodes of Matt Smith did I really not care for? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a relief that he – when I heard he was leaving, I'm like, no offense to Matt Smith, but I hope that the, the new Doctor will be a change because I'm just I'm – I was really this. looking forward to an older Doctor. I was too. and that's But then as I got that last taste of Matt Smith being so good, I was like, maybe I'm – now I'm second-guessing. Maybe I wish he wasn't <laughs> leaving. Yeah. But, but by the time – since I knew he was going to go and by the time he left, I'm like, I was ready for Capaldi. I was probably ready was for up. Capaldi a lot longer – earlier on than I wanted to be. Caught the hint of him in the 50th anniversary and everything. Yeah, so I was kind of like, okay, this is hopefully this will be good. And he did come off abrasive. And I and I felt, honestly, of interestingly enough, I don't know. I, I know we had this discussion briefly at one other time, but I felt Cl- Clara was very overbearing with him. Mm. Like, yes. Like pushy, ru- like borderline rude and bossy. And it's like, well, that's that came not, off in the not, episode. That was like their their joke, their in joke in the show, where yeah. he was like calling With the her, cards. Yeah, he was calling her bossy, mm-hmm. and like yes, ma'am, and all that stuff. But before they made it the joke, it was like it was almost borderline annoying. Like yeah, not, like who the who the hell are you? Right. And I also had a problem, especially that first episode where she was, and it really feels like the the BBC higher ups made Moff do this. This is my opinion, my personal little. Uh, theory craft. the foil hat again. Yeah, the foil. This, this, is, this is my fan foil hat, I fully admit, where that whole episode she's going, oh my God, he's so old and he's so different. He's, oh my God, he's so old. I, how do I deal with this? And I'm just thinking to myself, first, the last episode, you just dealt with three doctors, one of which was an old man, John Hurt, who was the freaking war doctor, and you loved him. You were the one who was the only one who was sympathetic to him. Mm-hmm. And he's older than theoretically what Paul that uh, Oh, this Capaldi is definitely is. not foil hat area because she clearly was representing the fans' opinion in a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like here, like subliminally, we're going to try to get her. She's going to play the role of a fan. And we're going to tell you why she should accept him, why all of you via, should accept him, via too. Via that brilliant phone call from Matt Smith in the past. Which I thought was actually great. Yeah, that was I brilliant. actually really dug I, that. I, I loved it. When she picks up the phone, and he's like, it's me, Clara. I'm like, holy shit, how are they doing this? Yes. Yeah. I actually, I, I was kind of secretly hoping, I'll admit, at that scene, that he was going to sit there and say that, like, don't trust him, he's not me. <laughs> oh. And have that be the season arc. Oh, that'd be interesting. Like, what the hell? Like, was this really the doctor? Like, maybe he would come back or something, so... Well, maybe that was that was probably me going. What the hell are they doing to the doctor? The exchange was just so brilliant because it's like, is that Capaldi's like, is that the doctor? Is that the doctor? Yeah, he sounds old. Is he gray? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was so young. (laughs) I I would definitely say season one was weaker, obviously, than season two. Season two is almost, I think, almost. Every episode except for the Sleep Eye episode that I accepted and you just couldn't really stand. I think pretty much that whole season 
is just solid from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Similar, and I'm, I'm similar to the Tenant era where you had seasons where you're like, man, there's not really a and I'm episode actually, in it. I'm actually going to kind of give this, I give half of that credit to something that I've been saying since they brought the series back that I've wanted from the classic series. I think the half the reason that it is so good is because the vast majority are two-parters. Mm, they yeah. are. They've given enough time. That's why I always loved classic series. You had time to develop the characters and everything because they were spread over on an average four episodes. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it, yeah every everything was two, two, two. Everything two this season through. was two parters, i.e., the average length of the classic series episode. So all the characters got to have parts and have embellishments and stuff like that and deal with them and explored. Yeah. But I, I'm not I'm not sensing that you think season eight was poor, just not as good as season nine. Oh, definitely not. No, no so, okay, right. There, yeah, was, I would there agree. were I elements would agree with of um. There were well, I loved. Uh, I mean, Robert Ins- Asher- uh, Robot I loved Asherwood into the Dalek. Was, uh, Rob, uh, Robot yeah. Sherwood was hilarious. I love that. Um, I, I, I what? Robot Sherwood. <sighs> the way he plays off Robin Hood, though, the way they argue with each other. And, the, the argue, yes. That, I didn't hilarious. like Robin Hood in that one, though. Yeah, <laughs> you'd seem weird in that. Okay. I was, I, and the um, whole ending with their shooting the giant arrow at the ship, I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I think I think uh, you know. I I just fixated on yeah. Well, this was the first time we saw Capaldi being silly, you know, and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, so he's not going to be a stuffy old man. He's going to yeah, be fun. Into the Dalek, I really liked. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was a good one. I yeah. liked that. That was different. Yeah. Uh, the caretaker, I believe, is the one where he's the. Uh, is that where he shows up at the school and he's, he's like, oh, school. you noticed me? And she's and like, he, yeah. 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 He, he, yeah, he just puts on that uh, <laughs> the, the overcoat. Mm. He thinks and she comes in, in the room and he says, oh, you recognize me then. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you only changed your coat and you saw right through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, he's only got two seasons to go off of, uh, off your original I'm question. hearing a rumor that... Um, BBC wants to get rid of him. They want to get a young guy again. I don't know if that's true or not, but I would. Well, that's what makes me wonder. I'm. I'm kind of tinfoil hat. This break. Tinfoil hat. I think. I think this might have been a bit of a derp. That that was the whole point with this break. I. I think the BBC was not happy with this season and the reaction that because a lot of people. I just like, unfortunate because it was a great season. I. But mm-hmm. I think that. I think they made it up at nine, but I don't know if the BBC has seen that. It I, I think that. the BBC. You know, if you're looking at it from a business perspective, what's more marketable? Mm-hmm. Matt Smith, David Tennant, or this old guy? Yeah. You know? Now, while the three of us love Peter Capaldi, I think, you know, you can agree from a business standpoint that a younger guy is going to be more marketable to a more profitable demographic. Now, mind you, I will say this, though. Do keep in mind that the BBC is taxpayer-funded. It's not for profit. That doesn't mean that they don't make money on it. Yeah. They, they, they they just cannot make a profit. All profits have to go back to funding the show. If you're going to sell a lunchbox mm. or an action figure, you know, do technically you... the BBC is not supposed to think that way. Though that doesn't mean they do, there are other departments that don't though. Right. That's the thing though. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you're if you're putting yourself in the shoes of the BBC, marketing wise, you are I'm absolutely not, correct. If you're talking about me, I think it's stupid, and they mm. need to hang on to Peter Capaldi because he's amazing. And yeah, he's but a, like you know, marketing wise, I could totally see the demographic. You want to appeal to a younger demographic. Who's the one that appeals to them? You want somebody that bridge there. I think but that's what like you're David Tennant. With this it new... comes out on screen. Because like David Tennant, he's a lifetime Who fan, so mm-hmm. you, can, or, you can tell. You know what? Yeah. You know what? And, I, and to add to your little theory about that too, uh, let's think what they also added in with season nine with uh, Capaldi. Hmm. 
The electric guitar and the sunglasses. Oh, I sure. did not like the sunglasses. I hated the sunglasses. I thought that was stupid. I'll I know the you, electric guitar. He was in a band in real life. Yeah. And you want to bring that into with the show. With Craig Ferguson. That's right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the sunglasses were kind of a stretch. Uh, I was glad know, it was you only You can one have season. the sunglasses. Don't make them Sonic sunglasses. Yeah, 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 that's fine if he wants to wear sunglasses. Don't make them Sonic. Uh, you all. know what? I'm even going to take it a step further. If you're going to make them Sonic, at least put a couple lights on it. Right. Don't make it like a plastic pair of useless things and press somewhere or anywhere and just make a sound. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, it's not. We're not that stupid. Yeah. If David Tennant's going to wear gym shoes, which was cool, and yeah. every, I mean, he brought They're not Sonic gym shoes. He brought <laughs> right, exactly. He brought Converse back. You know, all stars like put them back on the map for a lot of people. I started wearing those shoes because of David. Yeah, I remember when we were at. I was going to say, I remember when we were at Andy Barron's Wake and you saw that memorial. Yeah. I actually <laughs> have, I've got the tan ones that yep. he wore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yep. he brought them back for a lot of people. That's cool. Sunglasses, cool. Don't make it a tool, just make it part of the outfit. Yep. But I think what you're seeing feeding into this whole younger demographic thing with Capaldi, if you notice the, ne- the new companion, Oh, yeah. Way younger than Clara. Yeah. And she's Plus got that chavy kind of schoolgirl thingy going. And they're doing that spinoff show, which I have no, Class. Inten- I have no intention Same of watching. Same here. They're, I think they're, what, like, episode four or five uh, now? Oh, it started already? Yeah. Oh, I'm geez. not watching it. Yeah, yeah wow. I, I have no what interest. Is it? I don't know Do why. we know anything about what that's about? It's set in Cold Hill School, and it's about training kids to deal with alien incursions. It's like, I think it's as far as I know. Wow. So it's like a high school Torchwood? I totally thought, I totally thought it was going to be a setup for... Uh, uh, what's her face? Jenna Louise Coleman to have her own show. Yeah. When I heard it was set at uh, Cole Hill School, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah I which have they no did interest, no vaguely desire. keep her alive. But this is this could be feeding to that theory that somebody's trying, like somebody's probably maybe it's Moffat or the new showrunners fighting to keep Capaldi, hmm. and they're like, well, look, you know, all right, we're gonna keep Capaldi, but we're gonna sh- we're gonna run this sh- this class show, and we're gonna give you a super young companion if we don't get the results that we want, or if we do, somebody's gonna be proven right or wrong off of this. Mm. I can see that with Bill, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, nope, you're right, Capaldi's safe. You know, this class thing bombed, or mm-hmm. you know, the ratings didn't change with the super young companion. But they'll use that as an excuse with the young companion to be like, oh, well, the young companions what drove the ratings up, so obviously we need a younger doctor. If that's what's going on behind the scenes, it's very likely hmm. that that could be the end result. I hope not. I hope Capaldi stays as long as he wants to stay. Same yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Especially after his last season. Yeah, I would love to see more of him. I, I hope he sticks around. And it, and, and actually, I to add uh, to add more to that, one of the things they are doing, just like they did with uh, Matt Smith and um, Clara, this is going to be, again, They uh, Moff has said, that this episode, the start of the season, is going to be yet another jumping in point for new viewers. Mm, okay. So they said where they're going to reintroduce the start, doctor and start the TARDIS scratch, and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Well, they kind of, you know, the way they ended season nine, everything, it did kind of wrap up everything. It's kind of weird, though, well. because we're kind of at a turning point here where it seems like a strange time to reintroduce a jumping point when we're going to do that again next season. Mm-hmm. When we're going to get a new, you know, Moffat's gone. Yeah, season. that is a good point. So. And so we're going to kind of be reintroducing him again. You know, if if the rumors hold true and the BBC really wants him out of there, then we're going to be, it's going to be just like Matt Smith all over again. We're new exec, new doctor, and Bill, as I understand, is only contracted for one season. I think I think all the companions are at this point, have so, always been. So I, I hate to say that it, it, it's mu- much like in the same idea when a doctor leaves and they say, oh, there's a rumor that they could be a woman. 
Yeah. You know, that that has happened every time since well, Tom Baker left. Well, pretty much the second <laughs> the second day after the announcement of a doctor, the first question everybody starts asking is, "Oh, when's he leaving?" Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the bet, well, they bet happening. on everything and anything in England cuz it's legal yeah. and there's always odds for that. Yeah. There's always odds for who's going to be the next James Bond, who's going to be the yep. next doctor. It's always up there. Uh, from what little I've seen, I am trying to reserve judgment, but from what little I've seen of the new companion, I don't I don't care for it. I'm I'm hoping she doesn't completely ham it up. I love the idea of the character. I love the idea of this goo and and maybe it's also because uh Big finish. Uh, there is a companion in there uh, named Flip, Philippa. You need a, you and need she's, like a cash register sound when she says that from now on. Yeah, right. they, have, they have a character very, it reminds me very similar to Bill, who is, uh, she's, she's very chuffy and she's very, you know, she's very young and she's awesome. Yeah. And so she kind of reflects that. I just hope she doesn't come off as like a cartoon character. That's mm-hmm. why I worry about Bill. Yeah. Is that she goes way over the top where every line is going to be a hammy, goofy joke. Well, and right. I just don't know how that's going to play with Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, well, I think anybody would agree the best tandems in any show, but especially in this show, since this is what we're talking about, is the, the way the companion and the doctor play off each other. Mm-hmm. It didn't work with Rory, Amy, and Matt Smith because they, they, you know, they overwhelmed him. Mm-hmm. partially because of the writing, but it just, I mean, they got along, but the, there wasn't that, like you had the Rose and the Doctor um, and mm-hmm. Donna, but, but especially, mm-hmm. but there was a love story building there. Mm-hmm. The uh, Donna and the Doctor was perfect. Mm-hmm. They played off each other perfect. And anytime people would even like every randomly, uh, randomly in a, every episode now and then they would suggest like, Oh, you too? And they're like, oh, no. Yep. Like, Donna would be like, no. Well, I'm kind of hoping, if you, I'm sure you've probably all seen the original when they first revealed Bill, with the, when them being chased by the corridor down by the Daleks. Yeah. Right. Uh, I kind of hope that it sticks there, because it seemed like there could be that chemistry there, where she asks a bunch of funny questions, and the doctor has a good, nice response. Like, I always like that. It's like, why, don't the, why do they say exterminate? Why don't they say kill? And then the doctor just looks at her and goes, do we really want to make them more efficient? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Good point. You know, and I like that. I if they could build that kind of relationship, yeah. that could actually work. So well. I'm reserving judgment. I just I have a shaky feeling about. It. I also have a shaky feeling. Maybe not because I'm not trying to be a glass half empty person, but I think because when you just look at the longevity of TV shows, minus Supernatural, Jensen Eccles rules, you've got <laughs> you're going into your tenth season. Do I need a cash it, register it, sound it, for that too? It, or he do, does me, he have yeah. a supernatural count of up to five? Oh, <laughs> I should start my tally now. Um, so you're going into the tenth season of Doctor Who. The longevity of shows being taken into consideration. When this new change happens with the with the new head of the show, I'm not trying to be glass half empty, but I just have a feeling like. It might be coming closer. It's closer to an end than than a longer lasting relationship, just because of how long it's been around. I'm not, you know. But I don't does know Doctor Who really fit into that mold? Because you know, it's, it's been gone before. Well, I hate to say this. Here's one of my big things. Every I was, I remember I, there was like PBS thing that actually they did an interview and uh, they were interviewing a bunch of people. They interviewed me and I actually said this. And I'm like, I'm always going to be absolutely dead. My dead opinion, honest. There, when people say. What is it that makes Doctor Who so popular today than it did before than the classic series? What is it now? And I hate to say it, and I think I've said it to you before. Doctor Who 
in this day and age is the only thing closely resembling science fiction today Absolutely. on television. Absolutely, man. Without Star Trek. And I think, honestly, that's the only reason Without it's Star Trek, it's the only thing out there, really. Yeah. I mean, they... As much as I want to show, and I we've want to talked say, about, oh, it's got this detail, it's got these characters that appeal. No, it's sci-fi. It's the only thing that's well, sci-fi Well, we've talked about the how the, the term sci-fi has been kind of... Twisted. Manipulated. Even in Doctor Who, it's, it's now being referred to as science fantasy. Well, that's when sci-fi changed the network changed from uh, from spelt the proper way. Oh, is that well, sci-fy? What yeah. I'm that's talking about. Start going what I'm talking about I thought it was just a marketing is, thing. I didn't even think of that. What I'm talking about now is like they classify um, Iron Man as science fiction. Not at all. And they classify mm. like the Avengers is science fiction, and it's not like it's it's not. Nope. But they really don't have. So, uh, even though in our minds there is Star they Wars, don't, they don't have superhero Star Wars as a classification. Is science fiction. Yes. Star Trek is science fiction. See, but now people will argue that Star Wars is sci- science fantasy. Science fantasy. Science because fiction. of the whole stupid gender, the force Right. Thing. Well, science fiction, you know, when I think about science fiction, I think of space. Yeah. Firefly is science fiction. Science fiction to me. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. You know, Star Wars. I, in my opinion, Star Wars is science fi- sci-fi as well. Yeah. I don't think of it as science fantasy. Uh, Unfortunately, it's... The, but the, think the, about what we've got on TV now, you know? There's no, there, there's, Game of Thrones. There are no stars. <laughs> there are no stars on TV right now. Yeah, you know, exactly. Except the closest in thing Who. you can get, I say the closest thing you get to science fiction right now on TV, apart from Doctor Who, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. which is superheroes. Let's Garbage. be there. And The Flash. Yeah. Which is not. Which I hear Asian. the next season is, is like collapsing. Awful. I hear it's getting, it's getting bad. I've I only get, seen I one or up. two. I've only seen one and two. Legends of Tomorrow is where it's at. Legends of Tomorrow. Last uh, this week, not even last week, this week, did an episode where two of the characters on the show, um, one of them's a scientist, the other one is an archaeologist. The scientist got into science because he saw Star Wars, and the archaeologist got into archaeology because he saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. And they did an episode where they ran into a, a time anomaly where George Lucas got out of filmmaking. <laughs> and it was their job to go down there and convince George Lucas he needed to get back into filmmaking because their two crew members were losing all of their what made them good Abilities, character. Yeah. That's fun TV to me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that show is nailing it, man. And I'm I, actually a little worried about another show that I saw a preview for, which I did not know where they were going to making because I think they're going as much as you. We've talked about how we want to see more fun in the show. This show looks like it's going to be a little almost too much fun. And it's a DC show. Hmm. I don't know the name, so I'm terrible Is about it that. Is the show where they do the cleanup for... Like superheroes that have done a ton of damage, and then this is like the agency that yeah, comes in and deals one. with it mm-hmm. after, like the aftermath of superhero battle. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I saw, I like saw a preview for that one. I was like, it looked fun, but it almost looked like over the top fun. <laughs> so it's, is it by like Greg Berlanti and like the, all the same people? Flash? And I don't. Think I have so. no idea. I don't think so. Oh really? And it's NBC, and you know that's oh, it's NBC. Yeah, and CBS and CW are. are C- CBS owns part of CW. That's why Supergirl was able DC to transition. Show. It's, it's definitely a- DC because they 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 drop mentioned like it's like it's actually run by it's like it's like oh is this is this owned by Wayne Corp? It's like no, it's not Wayne Corp. It's owned by uh, like Bruce Wayne's cousin. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> something it, like that. Yeah, I, I've only seen one commercial it, for it, and I'm just like, and he's no. like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Bruce, I've got his first. He's like, Bruce Wayne it. knows my name. So like, well, yeah, he sent me a text right here, and the text said something like, stop texting me. <laughs> 
it's that kind of humor is in there. So where it's like it's it's almost like lampooning the uh, idea of being in the DC universe. So. Okay. Yeah, so I think maybe it's a it'll parody. be funny. It's, it's supposed to be. to be. It's clearly meant to be funny. Okay. And so it's like the insurance company who tries to clean up after all the superhero wrecks. So. All right. And how they're annoyed by it, and they're like, oh, you know, okay. fist at the sky. Kind I, of that's thing. different. I can I can give that a look. It's, a, I'm it's one it. of those where I could just it almost I, I could picture a voiceover person saying and whack and wacky hijinks ensues. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it that way. That's almost a little over the top. And yeah. it's NBC, so I don't know. I, I don't I don't give it. Unless it's a hit right away, I don't see them sticking with it. Yeah, so but that's why I'm saying I'm a little worried about that one. So, so do we have a favorite companion then? I've got way too many. Have we have? A, oh, so you've got more than one. Oh yeah, and for different reasons. So, Adric, <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine. He was he was so when I told him that uh, I, 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 Adric, I don't get it. <laughs> you classic noob, you. <laughs> one of arguably the. Most hated uh, companions of. Well, the I mean, you talk about series. a fifth wheel, man. I think that was probably More than his Mickey? problem. Yes. Wow. Mickey, Impressive. I loved Mickey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mickey was amazing. Not for not first episode. Mickey was a dick. In first episode, he was awful. After that, I by the end of season one, I loved Mickey, and I well, actually loved him more than Rose. The only person that was more of a dick than Mickey was Noel Clark, who plays Mickey, because I read an interview in Doctor Who magazine with him, and he's as much of a dick as his character was on really? the screen. He's I, I at conventions, he's a blast. I don't know, he's dude. Me. He was like sitting there, he's like he's hysterical. He's sitting there, he's like somebody said he was talking about Mario Kart. He's like he's like dude, anybody, if you want to play me at Mario Kart, uh, give me your tech, gamer tech, we will totally throw down. We'll have a blast. I mean, he was hysterical. Maybe maybe he's was, actually a huge. I mean, I, this is just maybe him it was at a the interview. But maybe it, came, it was. Maybe he was actually being like playful or sarcastic, and it came off, you know, in, in writing. Like mm-hmm. you know, you don't get the interpretation of how it's meant to be yeah. presented. Well, and that was the other thing. Like uh, Camille Cordry, the one who plays Rose's mom, he actually said that because of the show, he they became like really, really close friends, and like they talk and go to dinner every day. And he's he, he's actually like the god child, the godfather of her child. Oh, that's cool. And, 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 and like Mickey was amazingly hysterical at the convention. He he like he came off as a fun person. Well, that's good. I, I mean, never, I don't know if that maybe yeah. he was putting on a face. I don't know. No, I was I mean, never a fan. I yeah. I it's just good never... to hear that because I had such a negative opinion. At least it lightens it a little. Yeah. Oh, but my it doesn't God, change fun. my opinion of the character though. Maybe changes my mindset of the I'm actor. surprised to actually hear you say that you liked him even more than Rose. That's something to me. Well, the, here's the thing I'll actually get in there. With Rose, in my opinion, she went for, she went downhill season two because then she became the weepy, oh, she kind of went too, in my opinion, a little two-dimensional. Yeah, I know you like the romance stuff, but I thought it just got it too panderingly. Mm. With Mickey, I liked that evolution from idiot to, okay, I'm going to step up. I'm not the tin dog, you know. Well, I'm going to try and be somebody else. And he built himself up That's more. always the hallmark of a character. That's always you know when a character is on the way out, when they make that effort to make you like that character. Like, here's a character that you didn't like, but mm-hmm. now we're going to make you like him. You're like, oh, this character is well, on the way out. Well, I don't know if you know this story. Uh, this story was he was originally only written for the first episode, and that was it. Okay. But... Stephen Moffat liked him. He said, wait a minute. You know, at the performance, like, I want to do some things with him. Hmm. And he's like, there's more. He's like, you could, you, could, would you want to stay on for one more season? And he wrote a few more things there. So, I, I looked at him as the type of character where when you see Rose, as a, you can sense the attraction that Rose has to the doctor. And it's like, how was she ever attracted to Mickey? 
And then exactly, start, I agree. And then it's like they just—he just doesn't seem like the type of guy that she'd want to be with. When mm-hmm. you see how she looks at the doctor, and but then my my self explanation for that was simply, well, Rose was was a very lost, immature girl working in a shop, you know, in England, didn't really have any direction, and Mickey didn't really either. So they just kind of by default became, mm-hmm. you know boyfriend girlfriend hmm. but once she got thrown into with the doctor and had more real life situations more life threatening situations you know she was forced to mature much quicker and then that's what attracted and her it's to funny the that more you mature mentioned guy. that too because that's actually an aspect i like of mickey is that mickey had that whole thing where like oh my god this like amazing alien sweeps roseway and he's just like i'm a, I'm a fucking dunce hmm. what the hell and so he's like i don't want to be a dunce but see that's the best that will be the in my mind that's the best part of him is that they didn't just dismiss like he was cool with this guy basically stealing his girlfriend away even though the doctor didn't intend to yeah mickey could see it because yeah. he knew her and to he's the like point oh, where man, he was I... like well i'm gonna go with and mm-hmm. see what's what's up with these yeah. two and he tagged along and kind of became a pseudo companion for a while and i, I think until he realized he wasn't going to beat him out mm-hmm. and and I don't think they necessarily, you know, specify that as the reason, but I think we're led to believe like that's part of it. Like he knows I can't compete with this. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to go be my own man. I'm going to grow up, as you said, be, you know, become something more than I am than the dunce. And eventually, you know, that's when he's probably kind of at his best when he comes back from the alternate universe. Mm. You know, and he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's with, uh, was it, is he with Unit over there? Yeah, he's with yeah. Unit, and apparently now suddenly married to Martha. Right. <laughs> oh, that was just like a throw together. Yeah. At the end, like, well, how do we get both of them in here? Okay, let's just put them together. Let's just marry him. There we go. We got two kill two birds with one stone done. Next. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I never was a fan of his, and then I read his interview, and I don't know, again, if it was tongue-in-cheek or what, but I that didn't help me any. So but I never really cared for now, him. If you, now, the one character, the one person I've never seen in uh, live yet, although I, I, I both want to see, but I, I get tear, I, I might be terrified of it, especially the stories after Mickey was talking about him, in pure fun, because he was laughing about it, uh, was the stories of um, John Bowerman. Hmm. Oh, he's supposed to be like a real, like, Hoot on oh set. my god! Well, like there's a video, like he actually showed up in at a convention. Well, he went to like in there in a TARDIS dress, and he was like doing, and he was like spinning and everything like that. He was the, to like this song, to like the Doctor Who theme song. And he's like spinning around and stuff. <laughs> but Mickey was telling the stories of like on set how he was, and he, and we actually, you know, people asked like. We were the audience asked us like, "How did he not get arrested for this shit?" Mm-hmm. He would do stuff to like mm-hmm. uh, to Camille Cordry where. Oh, actually, I'll tell the first story that uh, uh, that Noel Clark, that's the actor who plays Mickey. He said, um, "Yeah, how he, like how Jack, how he was. John Bowerman was on the set. They were sitting there at the TARDIS, and then they, they were all in the console, and they were sitting there waiting. Like, okay, we just got to prepare this one thing. Give us a moment here, and they're all sitting there, and they hear thump, 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 thump. Like, what the hell? And they turned around, and I he said, I kid you not." Uh, John Bowerman had his penis out and he was slapping it on the console. <laughs> and he's apparently he did that when uh, Camille Cordry was on uh, makeup. He pay, he actually went behind her, took his penis out, laid it on her shoulder, and so she could see it in the mirrors. Like, and he was like talking to her with it. See, a straight guy couldn't get away with. That's that. exactly what that's he why said. he was able to do yeah. it. That's exactly yeah. what. No, that's exactly what Noel Clark said because he they knew uh, he was gay. My my buddy Andy, 
uh, actually, uh, when he went to um, Comic-Con, was walking around late at night outside of Comic-Con doing whatever. And there was um, Stephen Amell and John Barrowman just walking down the road. And <laughs> he went up and said hi to him. So that was kind of fun. It reminds me of a guy that I used to work with. Um, you wouldn't know, but he was on CGR. Hmm. He went over to, uh, I think it was uh, Paramount Studios or whatever it was. I think it was, uh, no, Universal. They were doing something for there. And he saw, like, this one girl with, like, blonde hair smoking a cigarette and realized, and I know you're probably going to cringe. You'll be happy, but you'll cringe. It was Kess. Oh, God. <laughs> From yeah, Voyager. I, I, see, I'm not going to be happy. She's wanting to know. Oh, yeah, I now. I'm just saying, at that time... It was a cool story because See, she was a cool if it, character. If it happened to me, I guess be... now I've heard about her now. Oh no, I mean even then because I never liked Neelix, I never liked Kess, I never liked a lot of anybody on that show. It. Really? No, no. <laughs> nice try, but no. Not even Tuvok. He was probably the least offensive character. Yeah. Chocolate. Uh, Chicote? No. <laughs> okay, I was trying to figure out who you're talking about. No, I, you know, everything about that was just, uh, boy, so, sad. Uh, I, but I, I, I but, got a uh, question. Fate... I don't want to take your moderator role away, but I'm curious because you've been to so many conventions. Who's the biggest um, star from the show that has been at one? Because I've noticed, like, when I see them listed at a lot of the conventions coming. Uh, when, I, when you say a lot of the conventions, I will admit I've only really been doing the Chicago TARDIS ones. The biggest okay. one is in uh, Los Angeles, uh, um, Gallifrey one. Okay. That one's in L.A. I've never been to that. One of these days I will get out there. I just so. see that a lot of the conventions that are out there for Doctor Who, even the ones in the U.K., have a hard time pulling in the biggest names. Mm. Uh, particularly the new series. Um, they're A, they're very big actors, and they act, they cost a lot. Right. Even Chicago TARDIS has troubles with them, usually with bookings. Uh, like when they, they this weekend they had, or this last one, they had Jenna Louise Coleman, but they only had her for a day. Right. So that's all they could do, something like that. And then they had, um, I want to say, forget her name, whoever was the one who plays Missy. She was there. So. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so Jenna Louise Coleman's the biggest you've seen, or you you didn't oh, go to that one? Oh, I went to that one, but uh, the big well, it depends on what you mean by biggest star. Well, I mean not secondary. Have you seen who of the doc? Have you seen any of the doctors? Oh yeah, who's, plenty. Who's so. okay? So if I was going to say if you're going to go see one of them, if you're classic series, it's hard to say because they're all fun. They're all fun in their sort of way. Um, I would say, but Sylvester McCoy's a lot of fun. Okay. You know, I, that's one thing I would say for meeting the what if you're going to meet the actors, usually one of the things I I try to find is are they a fun experience? Cuz they could be up there and be dry and tell you story after story after story, but like and then you might kind of like okay, it's it's, it's neat to see them and they're hearing the stories, but it's kind of boring a little bit. So, you know, even like Paul It's like when you go to a Star Trek convention and Shatner's horses come up and it's like, ah, oh, geez, can we just talk about Star Trek? That's why everybody's here for Star Trek. This is yeah. Star Trek event. This is not a Shatner's horse convention. I have a TJ <laughs> Hooker question. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Every time you go is to it a- Heather Locklear or Heather Thomas. I have a question about your horses. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Oh, he he'll eat that up though. Yeah, so. that's the problem. And same thing with um, uh, second Doctor companion uh, Fraser Hines when he plays Jamie. Yeah. Oh, uh, he is a riot. Oh, he is hysterical. Doctor so. wise, Tom Baker, no, right? He hasn't come over here. He's too old, right? He's too old. He's he does have medical problems, and there's also um the curse mm. that we're worried about. I don't know if you know about the curse. No. Mm-mm. Every doc, the first three doc, every doctor so far, John Pertwee, William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, have all died in America. 
while visiting America. I did not know that. Mm. Particularly Patrick Troughton. He died at a convention. Mm. Which must have sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. So, Davidson? Uh, yeah, I've seen Davidson. Yeah, cool. He, um, he was pretty cool. We have sad news to report. Uh, the doctor won't be out today. Apparently, he's died. Apparently, <laughs> he's died exactly. Um, yeah, bring, kind of. Bring out his... the new doctor. We know what happens when he dies. Uh, well, he actually won't be regenerating. Uh, we, we 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 do have one of the companions. If, you, if you'd like to stick. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh, oh my! Oh. <laughs> so, but um. No, yeah, a ton of companions there. Um, yeah, I've met, uh, yeah, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, um, Paul McGann, Sylvester McCoy. They, so, they uh, of the around. new show, any of the doctors? No, they've not gotten I, any out yet. See, I that's, he's trying. That's what I'm afraid of. I think they're just too big for them to come out. Yeah. Like right now, cost wise, cost wise, they, they, that is a big problem. Well, I mean, he's David, gotten, yeah, he's gotten companions. He actually got Billy Piper to come out for a day. Her? Yeah, is she as good looking in real life? Or? She's very good looking. Oh yeah. She's Billy Piper. Well, Secret Diary of a Call Girl. Um, so, yeah, they had Count Camille Cordry. She came out. Um, well, David Tennant is... Not as uh, good-looking as Billy Piper, but... He's too busy doing Scrooge McDuck now, yeah. So yeah, he, I know, he which can't, completely blew me away. He can't do it right now. Broad, I, I, I'm Broad still... Church. As much as I love David Tennant, and as that, much as I love Scrooge McDuck, it's difficult for me to picture him doing the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Well, he is Scottish. He is Scottish, so. but Scrooge McDuck has such an identifiable voice. Yeah. I'm just going to hear that David guy Tennant. Just, that guy just died, though. Like, last, like, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that explains a lot. He just died late last year. I mean, they were going to get all new voice actors anyway, I think, even before that. But mm. yeah, the original Scrooge McDuck just passed away like yeah it's already kind of throwing me for loop that like huey louie and dewey are going to be completely different voices yeah uh, for each other we were saying earlier like how matt smith might regret leaving and stuff and it's like a lot of times he He said that right we sit Mm -hmm. here and we talk about sometimes how like why did they go what are they going to do like jenna louise coleman doing victoria and stuff it's like of any of all the people i'm not saying anybody's been unsuccessful after the show but I think David Tennant has shown the most versatility and, and activeness since leaving. Mm. He's been in a ton of things. Yep. So it shows for me like it wasn't necessarily the worst career decision. It wasn't like he took a hit by going. He's mm-hmm. He's been all over the place. Well, do keep in active. mind he was already uh, well up there after, even before, just got up there with Doctor Who. Was it Shakespeare um, in Love or something that he did? That and also this little movie oh, called no, not Shakespeare um, in Love. It was called something else. There's another one called um. Oh yeah, Harry Potter. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought he only had like a bit role in there though. No, not really. No, he was he was one of the major villains at the end. I, I it was why kind you're of only revealed at the end though. I don't know why you're looking at me. I don't, I don't watch those movies. <laughs> I didn't even read the books. Neither um, did I. So. But spe- we. Oh, you mentioned Broadchurch though. That's mm-hmm. we know that you know that the new. Exec of Doctor Who, the new guy coming in, is the guy that did Broadchurch. And that's where I got the accidental... He's also the guy who wrote the episode with um, uh, The Power of Three with the cubes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got the accidental Olivia Coleman mixed Mm. up earlier, because she's the woman that plays opposite of him in Broadchurch. And my wife says Broadchurch is really good. It is. Yeah. The American version was not... But oh, okay. It was yeah. basically. She watched the, exact, the British one because David Tennant. Yeah. So. Well, he was. In Although the he's in both of them, yeah. It well, real quick, the problem with the American one was it was a complete copycat yeah. of, of the British, but they wanted to make it two episodes longer here, so they added more in the middle that just didn't feel necessary or needed. And I saw the American before I saw the British, and I and the British one was so much better. Wow. And now they're got they're on to yeah they're on to season three it should be coming out soon if they're not so favorite favorite, favorite companion? companion you have so many. oh favorite favorite companion I have multiple if we're gonna talk just new series 
I'm going to say straight up probably a lot of people say Donna. Mm. I really like her. I like the, vers- the, the the variety of character that she has. I actually like a woman with a little bit of brashness. To, to, I like a woman who's like, they got a little bit of that independence, even though it's a little bit forced her. I like that spunkiness of mm. her. So, um, but for the classic series, I have met, uh, many of them. I would say if I was going to uh, top pick, most people would go Sarah Jane as like the perfect all around. I actually, my favorite is Ramana 2. Uh, because she huh. was the, she was unequal to the doctor intellectually. She was a, she's a time Lord mm-hmm. as well. Okay. That was with her. And, and the, just the chemistry between those two now it could be because eventually they fell in love and got married that that kind of played into it. Mm-hmm. But, um, she just, I love the dynamic that she was on the same mental capacity as the doctor right. with stuff. But I mean, she didn't have the experience, but she had the technical knowledge and right. everything. And I like that. And then she was she wasn't afraid to like to you know have a parlay with some with a guy or a girl any kind of villain. You know, she didn't have a she didn't have that problem with that. She she wasn't always needing to be rescued, even though there were points where she did need to be rescued. Yeah, she could figure things out herself. <clears throat> so, um, classic. I actually I I can't disagree with anything he said. I liked both versions of Romana though. Yeah, true. Because I do like I did like the way that there was another Time Lord, Time Lady, to play off of him. Mm-hmm. So that so it wasn't always like you know the doe-eyed companion. Like what do we do now, Doctor? Not that they always did that, but there really was somebody to his level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So both Romanas, I had no problem with either one. I liked both. Sarah Jane, obviously classic. Uh, you know. Everybody um, now there a is favorite. There you know, is another cliche. companion I have to bring up from Big Finish Productions for the Big Finish version. Six Doctor One had a companion named Evelyn Smythe. Okay, she is an older. She's like a fifty-five-year-old school teacher. Oh, it's very different. But oh my god, was she an amazing character? She's a historian, and in almost the same way that Romana. She was almost as equal, at least in terms of attitude and respect. So. Okay. Fascinating. I wouldn't have put him with an older lady like that, but neither would I with the sixth doctor. Yeah, especially the sixth doctor. So, and but it 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 worked off amazing. The modern show. um, I'm always going to be impartial to Rose (laughs) because I like that story. Uh, I like Donna a lot. Donna Um, and Mickey are my faves, but Mickey would be near my bottom of my list. (laughs) But that's fine. But um, I get it. I think. Honestly, this would be surprising to me if you would have told me this at the beginning, but Clara at the end. Mm. Um, you know, not not the beginning when she was brash and overbearing with him. See, but now she my problem is uh I, I liked it. She got while she got character, I think she went to Mary Sue at the end. Okay. But she's she's suddenly like she's end. suddenly immortal. She's the most important thing to the doctor, no matter what that he's gonna go through the millions of years of this weird thing to try and save her and millions of years of that and then also at the end basically betrayed. suddenly she's got her own TARDIS and betrays the Time Lords. Yeah, it betrays the Time Lords, yeah. Yeah, I mean there are flaws to the story around her. Mm. I'll give you uh, I'll give it that. But once she decided once she starts showing more respect to the doctor instead of overbearingness, I, I grew to like her a real lot and didn't I think want her, her defining go. moment was that dream sequence where she threw the TARDIS keys in the lava. That was a good sequence. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I didn't really I didn't want one. her to go. And that to me is the biggest sign of a I companion did. that you like when you don't want to see them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there there was a long period where I would have been fine with her going, 
And then when she when she was actually going to leave, that's when I didn't want her to. As go. As a matter of fact, I actually even called it on that episode when they were going, "Oh, it's the hybrid. What's the hybrid? And you know, mm. what's going to be going out the hybrid?" And I actually said to everybody, "I'll tell you what the hybrid is." And they're like, "What's that? A distraction." I bet you somehow Clara's going to come back in that episode. Mm. They're like, "No, they killed her off." No, bet you any money, it's going to be about Clara. And sure, it's exactly what it was. Yeah. The hybrid was nothing. It was a distraction. Yeah, pretty much. I learned that from Bad Wolf. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the hybrid is you know the. The doctor's half human, maybe. Maybe. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's a whole bunch of maybe. But we're gonna. It's supposed to be a Dalek human. We're gonna whatever. leave it vague so that we address the mistake the movie made in the '90s. But you know, <laughs> we'll still leave it vague so the fans can have their, you know, their the way that the way that they want it to be. It's the same thing with the War Doctor. Like, there's still eleven. There's still eleven doctors. Well, now twelve. You know, we're still not counting him, even though he's accepted. The war doctor as an actual doctor we're still not gonna cut your, your your doctor numbering will not change and blah you know it's just like i know, know it's it, it's difficult for me to because but now everybody always has to remember there have been 13 doctors yeah. and 14 regenerations because of that wasted one right. and that's the one thing i always hated that they did that now forever going on through the series you have to like we're always mind. we're always one off we're always adjusting we're always you know. exactly so on the side note um i was actually gonna say i, I there was a youtube video i liked did they ever explain that? Did they what? ever try to come up with a canon version as to like how the number ended up not being twelve, like with accuracy, or were just no? They did it with accuracy. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a stupid way how they yeah, did it, but they did. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a stretch. So. Yeah, it, it, the, the accuracy was it was War Doctor the two extra regenerate because he was number ten, so the, or no, he was Doctor number eleven, so he's used ten regenerations. So then you had two, uh, so you had two left. Those two was the War Doctor and that extra regeneration from that. Uh, so instead of having used. twelve doctors, you actually have twelve regenerations. Mm-hmm. Thirteen yes, doctors. Thirteen doctors. Yeah, yeah. That's weak. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that they somewhere in. Go ahead. You can say it. You get the money for it. I don't know what you were going to say. Big finish. Okay. <laughs> somewhere in big finish, I thought they might have addressed it to make it a little bit more viable. That's all. Oh, why they would adjust that? No, no, that was the no. The number is accurate. The number was accurate. viable or not? It's an accurate number. Yep. Based yeah. on the explanation he gave in the what was the episode? It's Matt Smith. I, the eleventh hour. Matt Smith's last, last episode. Yeah. No, the eleventh hour is his first episode. His last episode is the time of the doctor. The time of time the of the doctor. Yeah. yeah, time of the doctor. Yeah, that's his last. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where he explained. He made that he, explanation he sits that down the war doctor Clara, and yeah, he sits down with Clara and says. Here's here's so how here's how it all went down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I was good. For say. me, it's probably uh, like a toss. It's a toss up between Rose and and Clara. Poor um, Martha. Huh? You know what? Now I was just Martha. thinking that nobody says Martha. Well, you know, Martha, I actually I love Martha in the beginning, Martha's, and at the very end. Martha, in between, yeah, it's, I wanted it's to very shoot her. tragic because like you f- you almost feel bad for her because it's like just the opposite of Rose. Like she loves him, but he doesn't. Love, you know, he's like, I, I can't, I can't, you know, after Rose, I just can't, you know, and, um, and there's even a moment where the doctor says, you know, it's like when you fancy someone and they don't even know you exist. And she's, she's like, just, yes, she's just like, oh, and then she looks at Jack, Cap- Captain Jack. And he's like, you, you too. too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But I don't know. That, that was my problem with Rose or my, my problem with Martha. Is she had this developed, you know, I'm a doctor, you know, she's like, you know, going to do all these different things in there. And then she just turned into this weepy eye following the doctor. Why doesn't he notice me? Why doesn't he notice me? Why doesn't he notice me? It's like, 
What about the rest of your character? But then at the end, she walks around yeah. Earth for a year. That's what I say. At the beginning and the end, yeah. she's awesome. Yeah. In between, she's horrible. Yeah. Wanted to set her on fire. It would almost be better if they <laughs> it's would. Pretty harsh. Well, it almost. Yeah, gee, wow. <laughs> um, the only. It almost would have been better off if they would have just not had her be interested in him romantically. Yes. But I got. I think that was more for his sake than for hers. I think they did. They that. wanted to show him being tortured over the loss of Rose more than her wanted us to see another person in love with him. I almost feel like that's why the flip with Donna. Like, you're just pals, you know? Yeah, which I love. It's like, yeah. thank God. When, when they did that whole, like, it's like, I just want a mate. You want two mate? No, yeah. no, I just want a mate. A I want mate. A, a mate. <laughs> a but friend. What's great is when Rose comes back in uh, season four. Is it? Yeah, late season four. And it's like, everybody knows. Like, who hasn't met her yet, but everybody knows. Like, Oh, this is real. Here she comes. Here's the one who got, you know, the one who got the doctor off his game. You know, that's this is the love that he never had. Everybody knows I was the one going, God fucking damn it. <laughs> like, we don't, we're done with their story. You're like, is Mickey coming too? Because that's cool. <laughs> no. No, it's not. <laughs> so, that's, I mean, you can't really encapsulate Doctor Who in a single episode of. Rad's basement. It really, oh, it yep. really takes two episodes to, yes, to really, to really, and we've we haven't even really talked about everything, but it's all we're going to talk about today because <laughs> you know, it's you know it's been like four hours now. So um, that's going to be it. So if you liked it, or if you liked Coop, and you want to hear more of Coop, maybe he'll come back someday. I don't know. Um, maybe, Nobody wants to hear maybe, me. I, <laughs> I was going to say, if you like Mike Vallis, maybe he'll come back someday. No, I'm kidding. They'll both be back. I'm well, sure didn't, I heard somebody mention that possibility of what a supernatural episode. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Jensen Eccles rules. No. <laughs> Brother. Well, you guys. Will... <laughs> Brother. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys will have time to convince me of that. Um, because, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see if we can put something together there. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you liked it, uh, you like these guys, you like listening to me, and, you know, that, that would be uh, great. You can go to... Uh, podcast.rad.tv and uh you know the facebook links are there the twitter links are there you know you can stay informed and i'll always let you know when the new episode's coming out or you can just go to uh, itunes or google play and catch them there uh i've also got my uh video game repro shop repro.rad.tv maybe you've heard of that you can uh, get some uh, repro i've heard of video- it I, that, thank you somebody finally uh and uh, that's at repro.rad.tv the podcast is at uh podcast.rad.tv and uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for coming out and uh, indulging my love of Doctor Who and yours as well. And no, thanks for allowing me to express I, my love of Doctor yeah, Who. I, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. There's, uh, I, there's nobody else I could think of that loves Doctor Who. And pleasure to chat with another person who loves Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, yeah I appreciate yeah, you having me again. I appreciate being here with Mike and uh, getting, getting down on the details of this and also if there's any agents out there i'm looking for a new one clearly denny is not really an agent and that's quite yeah we i so. yeah there that's boy I, I don't know how you got mixed up with him but holy moly well we have what was confer- the first dead giveaway him chewing on your leg oh no see we haven't confirmed that's him it's d smith so i don't know yet it's yeah. the mystery to be solved yeah i'm not sure i ever even learned his last name so i <laughs> i don't think it was given one. that could be a false last name for all yeah who yeah who who knows? But, uh, you know, as always, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast, especially one this long. And I hope that 
we are able to hook in some new listeners just with maybe some Doctor Who hashtags, hopefully some fans of who will go. come in and you know listen to the podcast and realize uh, what a fun what a fun time it is. Um, so thank you, Mike Vallis, as always. Thank you, thank pleasure. you, Coop, as always thank for you. doing this, and uh, we'll catch you in two weeks with uh, God knows what we'll do. I have no idea. I never know. I have no clue what's going on, but uh, that's part of the adventure. Exactly. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.